Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Introducing first, speaking out of Akron, Ohio, representing Team Popping the Boys, the headline god, Jeremy Lambert. And his co-host, speaking out of Atlanta, Georgia, representing more than one royal family, the king of indie viewing, Stephen Jensen. And this is the Spotlight on Fightful. Hello, welcome everyone to the spotlight here on Fightful.com. Shout out to Big Dick MLJ for yes. the intro as always. Jensen, how you doing, buddy? Doing good, man. Getting a nice early start to my Thursday morning as usual. Good to see you. Good to see everyone here in the chat. And uh, yeah, how about you, man? You doing good? I'm well. I'm recovered fully from COVID, I think. Close to full as possible. Uh, best wishes to to our pal, Sean Ross Sapp, even though yeah. I give him a lot of shit on this show. And I will say fuck Sean Ross Sapp all the time. He is now going through COVID himself. So I hope he is uh, doing well. I know we had a, a tough night last night. I keep telling him to rest because I, I've understood the importance of rest. Uh, I will never listen to these things myself i'll never take my own advice but i will gladly give advice to other people about these things uh so best wishes to, to sean hope he hope he recovers and is and is doing well all right jensen a lot to talk about today let's get started let's jump right into things here we go uh over a million fans uh and a great number in the demo tuned in and it was a great show and i think it's been a run of great shows Maxwell Jacob Friedman made his first appearance as AEW champion last night on Dynamite. He was introduced by William Regal. He came out and he read an email from William Regal that was sent before Full Gear that basically said, like, I don't think you're living up to your full potential. I think I can help you. And you don't grab the don't use the dynamite diamond ring, grab the brass ring. He ran down people like Eddie Kingston and Ricky Starks and Brian Danielson. He introduced the uh, 
new uh, AEW world title, the Triple B with the, the Burberry strap on it. He said he was going to be champion for a long time or until 2024 when the great bidding war starts. He referenced Triple H and Nick Khan. And then at the end, he told William Regal, you have made a deal with the devil. And then he clocked William Regal with the brass knuckles, laying him out. Regal was stretchered out, taken in an ambulance. What did you think of this whole segment, Stephen Gensel? I mean, I love it. This is, you know, I, I love heel MJF, obviously. I, I like that. Like, I, I obviously felt like so many other people did that when he was kind of like leading to the pay-per-view, how he was really leaning into being a baby face and people, like he did a pretty good job, I think, of convincing a lot of people that at the very least he was like kind of in between or more in between than he is. Um, I like that they've gone full on heel and the the well, the regal stuff is is intriguing like and i love i love that mjf hit him in the back of the head with the with the knucks also like that makes it even better because it's like he's such a coward like he's such a heel that he he couldn't even do it to regal's face like he hit him in the back of the head with those things and then the way that regal fell like he just like uh-huh. went limp on the ground and like there was people on like actually i think i might have even seen the ep on on twitter like they were like you know we don't like we that looked so good that like is he actually okay you know what i mean so uh i thought the actual turn was pretty crazy and then we can talk a little bit about like some speculation i guess um you know of like what might be going happening going forward but uh, yeah how how did you feel about all that uh as far as regal selling i was concerned (laughs) that he was like legitimately knocked out and and not well when he was being put on the stretcher i was like can he just like give a thumbs up to like just let everyone know, hey, I'm okay here. Uh, you know, it's part of the show, but like, I'm good. You know, we see that all the time with athletes when they have like a bad fall and stuff and they're being taken off the field or off the court. They give like a little thumbs up and it's like, all right, guys, right. I'm I'm okay. Like, like, can we just do that here? Because his selling was amazing on the bleeding from the mouth and everything. I was very concerned uh, when, when he hit him. Uh, yeah, it, it was a lot of callbacks. In, in this whole thing. So hitting him from behind, you know, Regal, they did the thing um, before full gear where he turned his back. He's like, go ahead and hit me. Like, you'll do it. You're a coward and everything. And then MJF didn't did it, didn't do it. And that was kind of part of his uh, transformation a little bit into a baby face. When he pulled the, the brass knucks out, I get, I give Regal a lot of credit throughout this segment because when MJF was talking about like Danielson, um, you could see Regal in the background just being like, hey, like, no, no, no. Like, you want to talk about some of these other people? Okay, but like Danielson defended me last week. That's a guy I really have like a close relationship with. Like, we're we're not going to speak ill of Brian Danielson. And like Regal's facials were really good while MJF was speaking. Even like the WWE stuff when he was talking about that, like Regal seemed a little disgusted with like MJF's promo and everything that he was saying. And then when he pulled out the brass knucks and went behind him, you could see the look of like uh, resigning on Regal's face of like, I know this is coming. Like, I know I fucked up and this man is about to hit me right now. Uh, I thought Regal was, was just fantastic. This entire, entire segment. I have two complaints about it. One is I don't think they did a great job explaining why Regal decided to basically turn on John Moxley 
Um, it, because they they read the email, but that was just basically like, I can help you reach your full potential. But okay, like, why would you want to do that and turn on a guy who you have this relationship with in John Moxley? Why would you want to do that and risk your relationship with the rest of the Blackpool Combat Club and specifically Brian Danielson? Like, unless you knew Danielson was still going to have your back, but I I don't think that was explained well enough through this email. And the the second one is was a little long for my taste in the end it worked because of that heel because of what mjf did so it capped off great but otherwise it was going a little long. i've complained about the well, i'm going to use this title as leverage for 2024 and everything kind of mixed signals of hey i'm gonna have this long title reign that puts bruno san martino to shame and hulk hogan to shame but also I might leave in 2024 and my, this title reign might only last like a year, a year essentially. So kind of mixed signals there. thought it was going a little too long, but the closing shot of him hitting Regal made up for all of it. I thought this should have closed the show. I, I thought, I know AEW doesn't like angles, like kind of closing the show. They've definitely come around on angles, opening the show. That used to be a thing that they didn't do at all. Now they do it almost every week. It feels like this was big enough to where it could have closed the show. And I thought I should have closed the show. I thought this was a home run segment though. Yeah. I, I'm with you on, on all that. Actually. I, I, I didn't even think about the idea of closing the show. Cause I, I think we're so used to seeing each, like matches closing the, yeah. the shows on dynamite, like you said, but, but they have like, cause I, I even remember when AEW started, like as the company was getting rolling, um, obviously I know Cody Rose is, is no longer there, but I remember that <clears throat> he would do interviews and that was some of the questions he would, he would actually answer like to, to the media. They'd, they'd ask him about, you know, is this going to be like raw where, you know, dynamite opens with, you know, 20 minute interviews and, and segments and promos and stuff like that. And Cody was just like, no, nah, we won't be having like 20 minute promos opening AEW shows. And now they kind of they they do do some of that <clears throat> some of that kind of stuff. Um, and I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying like things, things can change depending on on you know what works best. And I I love that you brought up the callback because I think that needs to be really um, spotlighted as well is the the callback to Regal telling MJF to hit him, you know, given you know turning his back on him and saying you know hitting you with the you know you, you gave him an open shot a while ago. And he didn't take it. And one of the key takeaways of that was what Regal right after said, you have a lot to learn still. Like you're still not, you're still not where you, where you think you're at. And so part of me is like, does Regal. uh, So it's it's like, it's like, if you were going to write someone off a show, that's a way you would do it. Like have him just get knocked out into oblivion and just, we never see him again. Or does Regal come back? even more loyal to MJF now and be like, you, you finally did it. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I wanted you to do a few months ago. Like, you know, like I, like and, and like, he actually respects him more for hitting him, hitting him from behind. Um, so like, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm uh, definitely interested by the entire thing. Um, cause there's the whole other layer of it too, that I feel like we need to obviously get into of, there's like heavy rumors that Regal wants to go back to the WWE or there might be making like some sort of deal or something potentially to get him back there or something. Um, I don't know how, how, like, you know, how much weight there is to all of that, but there is a lot of talk about it. And like I said, if, if you were going to write someone off of a show, what we saw last night kind of looks like something that you might do if, if you were going to write someone off. So like, I, you know, 
what do you think? Do you think that that's where it's heading? Or do you, do you think like, because my big thing that I just want to throw out there, I would love to see a trade. I know it sounds like so far-fetched, but like in today's landscape of wrestling, if Regal wants back to go back to the WWE, just hypothetically, I don't know if that's the case or not, but if he does, you know, his, his son's there, Charlie Dempsey. He has that, that you know, he's going to be Triple H's right-hand man if he goes back there. He'll, he'll be like responsible for like running a big, a big chunk of that company and recruiting and stuff like, so Regal has a lot of reasons to want to go to the WWE, but um, if he does, I think that like instead of all this talk about like how long is this contract and should you just buy him out or, or release him or this or that or whatever, like let's make some trades. Like why? Like what's stopping? I mean, we saw the UFC trade Demetrius Johnson for Ben Askren. I mean, it's possible to make these kind of deals like company to company in these kind of settings. So I just want to throw that idea out there too of like you know. If, what's like, what's your what's your what's your trade? What are you giving up if you're WWE? See, it's it's hard to it's hard to know because like the WWE gets a lot of gets a lot of value out of Regal, even though he isn't like an on screen wrestler, um, obviously. So like, I actually talked to Doug about this on Tuesday, but I was saying we said like maybe maybe someone like Ali, something like that, like someone like who's like a good up and coming wrestler. Obviously, Ali's very established, but like they just never really have, like pushed him to like the potential that you know everyone kind of feels he should be at and he's kind of talked he he shouldn't say kind of he's definitely talked about wanting to leave the WWE over the years over the years so like i just think he may be somebody who maybe is kind of wants out of the WWE that would fit in well in AEW like Ollie because he would fit in well there being a great wrestler um so yeah i was just thinking something like that like maybe a wrestler that the WWE for whatever reason doesn't see like a whole lot of value in but that would fit in really well in the w- in the AEW system for Regal something like that what 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 would you think so Regal's value to me is not so much as an on-screen performer in WWE i mean it can be he was he was very good as the the general manager he's been good as uh, the manager uh for Blackpool Combat Club He's, he's very good in any role you're going to give him, but his value to WWE is obviously talent scouting, right. uh, going to the Indies, going to all those shows, scouting, being a mentor to, to anybody and everybody, and then getting inroads into to Europe and, and other, um, other countries and, and things like that. Like that's his value. It was more like off screen kind of stuff. I don't think they're trading anyone that is in it. Trade him road dog. Let's see how that works. Um, I don't <laughs> think they're trading anyone like behind the scenes. So yeah, you're basically trading a guy who is more behind the scenes. You're almost trading like a coach for right. a player. And like, we've, we've kind of seen that in the NBA, the NBA, they, I feel like they've traded like draft picks for coaches. Um, Ali's a good shout. I was thinking maybe like Roderick strong. I don't know yeah. how he still feels about things, but there was last year or earlier this year that he, he wanted out and it didn't happen. So maybe like Ali and strong, because I don't think they're going to trade anybody. I don't think there's a producer or somebody behind the scenes that AEW might want. They would probably want like an on-screen, a wrestler and on-screen talent and things like that. So yeah, trade him Adam Pierce. I don't know. I think Adam Pierce is actually still valuable to, to WWE. Um, I think they like Adam Pierce, but there you go. Ali and Roderick Strong for William Regal is the trade. We'll, we'll make it a two for one. Uh, that's the trade we, we've come up with here. As far as the actual speculation goes, a lot of this is perpetrated by Meltzer, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is because I don't think he knows. <laughs> because initially he said... It's a one-year deal, 
for Regal. And then so that got a lot of people talking because that means it would have been up late February, early March. So it's like, oh, OK, well, now all this makes sense. But then he came back a few days later. It's like, oh, no, it's actually a three year deal. So then it's like, OK, well, then they're not doing anything because it's a three year deal. So he's going to be sticking around for the entirety of the deal. But then he comes out and he says, like, well, there's definitely something up. I don't think Meltzer actually knows what's going on but because he doesn't know and because he won't just say like i'm not sure like read into it how you want to people are going to constantly speculate and everything i i will flat out admit i have no idea i understand the optics i see the optics i see the chatter and everything but i have no idea i think there are a lot of reasons Regal would want to go back. We know how close he is with, with Triple H. Obviously, his son is there. We know how valuable he can be to WWE. It makes sense that he would want to go back in some capacity, but I have no idea. I'm not going to, to feed into more of the speculation in the, in, any more than that. what's already out there. Um, I, I Whatever it is, I hope things get worked out. I hope whatever everybody comes away happy with everything. And we still need Regal and Excalibur fucking on AEW television. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the and the thing, the one thing that throws me off from the idea of Regal leaving and going back to WWE is just, well, it depends on how you look at it. It's kind of a double-edged sword. So, like, if he was leaving, it's hard for me to believe that AEW would make him such an integral part of the MJF winning the title story. Because if he was leaving, you would think they would want to, you know, I don't want to sound like, uh, y'all, y'all, y'all know where I'm like, how, how I mean to come off about this. Like they would, they would, in, historically speaking in wrestling, if somebody is leaving a territory, you essentially, you usually want to devalue them versus put a bunch of value on them as they're leaving. You know what I mean? Like they're leaving, they'll probably lose a bunch of matches or like put some, some big names over some up and coming talent over. You generally don't see them like beating everybody than leaving kind of stuff. Um, Regal, it feels kind of like that, where it's like, you know, we have the clip forever for for all of history. When when we look back twenty years from now on MJF winning the AW World Championship, it's always going to be that clip of Regal sliding the brass knucks to MJF for him to win that thing. Um, that he so he's going to always be tied to like this giant moment of AEW history. Um, same with like the this stuff with him getting knocked out with the brass ring with the with the brass knucks last night, just. Um, but, but then again, to be fair, this is why I say it's a double edged sword. It's kind of a seesaw is like, if you were trading him though, you would want his value up. You know what I mean? So like you would want the WWE thinking like, okay, not only are you getting everything you just said, Jeremy, but like, he's like become a big on-screen figure in this other company now too. Like, so his value is even higher now than when, than when he left. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm, I'm kind of confused by the idea of them having Regal be such a big part of this if he's leaving. But at the same time, if he's I, I leaving think, and they want to get a good trade off of him, then he would want to put value on him. I I think if that is just Tony Khan doing right by, by William Regal and, in, in, and the company as well, because Regal has been a big part of Blackpool Combat Club since, since entering. Like, he was such a big part of the MJF storyline with Moxley leading up to full gear. We don't exactly know if, and I see uh, DJ Duke says, says in the chat and I was just, I was just reading it. So PW insider says all signs are that William Regal 
will be WWE bound shortly. Although we have heard nothing official from the company, there have been rumblings within WWE of late about Regal returning in a backstage role. That would mean to be exiting AEW, where it looked like he was written off last night. Again, I don't know what the contract situation is. I don't know if it is a trade situation. Don't know any anything about what's going on here. I understand the optics of all of it. Uh, back, back to my point. We don't know when, if these talks have been happening, they started happening. Right. So if they didn't start until, let's say, the day after full gear, then he, he was already part of things. Right at full gear and then it's like okay well he's there we have to do something with this we can't leave this loose end here so we don't know when it would have started i agree with you typically okay if a guy's leaving you're gonna undervalue him a little bit um but i think there's a lot of respect between regal and everybody certainly tony khan certainly triple h to where they weren't just gonna be like hey we're just gonna make this guy look like a jackass and a comedy figure and and push him out the door because one, that was not the route they had been going. And two, I think that there was just too much respect between all parties there. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, like, I, I kind of contradict myself a bit too with what I was saying because, like, he did put over MJF, like, in a huge way. Yeah. Like, so he's still putting over MJF on the way out. So, I mean, that still needs to be obviously taken into heavy account. Like, this is. He got this, killed on television last yeah, night. Pretty he, much, yeah, pretty much. Right. Right. Hey. Got literally killed off. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I thought it was really, really well done. And also, I, I think the idea of the Burberry uh, belt, the Triple B or whatever, is that's that's a bit smart for, for MJF and AEW that, to do that. That was more, uh, again, just like full circle, loose threads, whatever you want to call it, foreshadowing. You know, he called the fans fickle because they were cheering for him leading up to full gear, and now they're booing him. And then he comes out with the the, the Burberry belt, we remember Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan calling the fans fickle. And then he had the planets title mm-hmm. with the uh, eco-friendly championship and everything. It's very clear that they are setting up an MJF Danielson feud, which I think is the correct move. Yeah. Um, it looked like that was going to be the move after last week when Danielson came out and protected Regal. And now they're, they're really leaning into it as they should. I think that's a very great feud. Uh, I think it's going to suck to see Brian Danielson lose another title match. Uh, that that's been happening a lot to him in his AEW run. So I think that part kind of sucks because I don't think he's the guy to beat MJF, but yeah, it was, it, MJF did a lot of heavy lifting in the promo last night, whether it was tying up loose ends, bringing full circle moments, getting new feuds started, because he did touch on the Ricky Starks match, which was happening in a couple of weeks. He mentioned Eddie Kingston. I think that's a very easy story to tell, a very easy program to get into. And then, of course, everything with William Regal. So yeah, just good stuff by by mjf and, and william regal last night and danielson coming in to make the save at the end really really good stuff wish it would have closed the show that's that's it uh money mark says if regal was leaving why would they give him new music it's a it's a, it's a fair point like i don't know these things i don't know when they had these talks of him potentially leaving i don't know the contract situation i don't know if there's a trade work i have no idea or if they're just going to let him out of his contract. No idea. A lot of speculation going on. I understand the optics on television is going to 
feed into the speculation or the speculation is going to feed into the optics, whatever it might be. Should I just message Tony Khan right now? Yeah, yeah, just ask him. Because the funny funny thing would be if, like, there were no talks and, like, because of all the speculation, they're just going with it on AWTV. You know what I mean? They're just like, everyone thinks he's leaving, so let's make it look like he's getting rid off. You know, like, I'm just saying that's a possibility also. You know, I don't know any more than anybody else. But Jeremy's going to get the exclusive here. We're going to hit up CK. I'm going to message him publicly because that's kind of my bit is to message oh, okay. him publicly. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, so, hey, Tony Khan, there's a lot of speculation surrounding William Regal leaving and potentially going back to WWE. Should you call it the is Fed? There... I like that. What's that? You should, go, should call it the Fed instead of WWE. <laughs> Okay, I call it the Fed. Going going back back to the Fed. The Fed. Is there (laughs) any true... Is there anything... He'll give me like a no comment, I'm sure. Is there anything you can comment on regarding Regal's status in AEW? Also, is he okay after last night? Because I feel like that's very important. Uh, I'll also tag in Triple H in here. At Triple H. Feel free to comment as well. Thank you. There we go. (laughs) Man. All right. I got to reach. I got to find that retweet. There There we go. Look, I'm asking. I'm I'm out here trying to get the answers, people. Everybody else just wants to speculate. I'm trying to get the answers, everyone. That's what we're here for. All right, I'm finding the tweet. There it is. All right, retweeted. Let's let's get let's make this a thing. Uh, let's see. I'm I'm sure Tony Tony might actually DM me and be like, no comment, can't comment. Uh, <laughs> Please let me know what his answer is. Uh, <laughs> no, anything awesome. else on William Regal and MJF <clears throat> from last night? No, no, nothing that we haven't already touched on. Really, really good stuff. Uh, and just solidifying MJF, in my opinion, as the best heel in wrestling. I know there's obviously, you know, Roman Reigns on the other side and he's doing big things and we're going to talk about the bloodline and all that here in a moment. But for me, as far as like just a pure heel, because the thing with them with Roman is like, he's, he's cool. He has like the cool factor to where like he, I mean, he's obviously a, he's a heel like clearly on the show, but you know what I mean? It's like, there is something to him that like the fans cheer and they like, and they're definitely the bloodline fans out there. Now there's a lot of people throwing up the, throwing up the ones during their, during their stuff and everything. MJF is a pure heel. Yeah. Like that's, you know, and that's, that's super, super rare in today's wrestling. So I, I love what they're doing. And I think that was honestly like the biggest compliment I can give the segment is the fans cheered him at going into full gear. They were even cheering him a little bit during his entrance last night. And that segment, there is no pot, unless you just want to be a contrarian, I get it. But like, there's no possible way you're cheering this man after last night because the things he was saying turning on regal they made regal a sympathetic figure even the stuff with the firm i i am glad they touched on the firm and him just basically saying like i'm not chasing these guys like if they want to come after me sure but we have we have seen now from mjf that he's just going to use people until he has no more use for them and we saw that with with the pinnacle with wardlow when, when these guys no longer have value to him, he's going to dispose of them. And sometimes that comes back to, to bite him in the ass. But that's basically what happened with the firm is he got his chip from them. And then he was like, all right, Stokely, I don't want you getting involved. They disobeyed him. He fired them. He got attacked. 
but he got his chip off of them. He got his title shot off of them. I do hope they circle back to the firm stuff and they do go after MJF because I still think there's meat on that. Uh, but right now, Ethan Page is uh, involved with Ricky Starks. And we have the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal, the, the ring battle royal next week, and the winner gets their, their shot at the ring. So maybe they can run that back with Ethan Page and, and uh, MJF. But yeah, just a, just a great segment last night that accomplished a lot of things and i hope it continues down this road please do not lean too much into the great bidding war of 2024 and bring that up every single week that'll get annoying and not in a i hate this guy stop bringing it up annoyance in a just i'm over this annoyance i get it i get it all right uh also on aw television last night Started off, as we as we mentioned, with a promo segment. John Moxley, who still can't get a fucking vacation, this poor <laughs> guy, just wants to go fishing. It's ice fishing at this point is what he's going to have to do up in uh, Alaska. Can't go on vacation. He starts the show. He t- kind of mentions the same stuff he's been talking about, like heart and soul of AEW. I'm here every week. I'm fighting. Everything we've kind of heard from John Moxley before. The big thing about this was setting up the return of Hangman Page his theme hits, he comes down. Moxley just gives two lines of like, what's up? Remember what happened last time? Mm. And Hangman Page just punches him in the mouth. And then we get a big brawl. Fortunately, it looked like John Moxley was okay after falling and busting his ass uh, on the ramp. Uh, it turned out no worse <laughs> for wear. They they had a brawl backstage as well in the, in the parking lot area. They're separated. They were kicked out of the arena. Hangman Page is back. We're getting a Hangman Page John Moxley program looking forward to that because on top of the concussion stuff that was an unfortunate incident but now hangman's okay you can lean into it a little bit you can bring it up it's part of the history right yeah. like you can't really ignore that they and they didn't ignore this in the build-up to the title match but hangman page essentially costing john moxley the title shot uh in the ladder match when he came out and moxley was on top of the ladder or about to make his way and then hangman comes out and prevents him from losing and or prevents him from winning. And then hangman gets his title shot, goes on to win the title. Good history. Even though it might be a little short between Moxley and page, but plenty to play off of. And both guys are so good. So good on the mic. So good in the ring. There's a lot there. I'm really looking forward to more of a long-term story between these two. I completely agree with all of that. Um, You know, I, I love the the idea of just what we saw last night like you don't need a whole lot of words like it literally was just like you said like hey what's you know what what do you you know it's almost like uh all that that vibe of like uh at breaking bad when when hank and walt like kind of face off the first time like the garage after after hank realizes walt's been heisenberg the whole time and he's just kind of like and heisenberg's just kind of like I really like the way you're looking at me right now, Hank. He's just like, this is kind of like that last night. It's like, hey, man, comes out and Mox is like, hey, man, you're coming at me kind of hard. And, and remember what happened last time? And hey, man's like, I'm ready to go. You know, it's just like, just, and it's just, it's on. Um, And I love that because you got two guys that are so over. You can just do that. Like Mox is just the badass who's been holding, you know, who's been putting AEW on his back pretty much since day one, as he, as he said in his promo last night, but even more so recently after, you know, all the punk stuff, having to keep going back to him as the champion and in hangman, it's so perfect for his character too. Cause like, that's a, that's a very like cowboy shit thing to do too. Just like walk out and just start fighting. Like, like you, you remember what happened last time. That's why you're here. Like, so 
Um, I, I like that it's a very, very simple, simple build, but it, but they have the backstory and the history that you just brought up. Um, so I, I like it a lot. And they're two guys that are both very over with AEW. Um, they're both technically baby. Fam- well, Mox is kind of in between. The, the Bible Combat Club's confusing because they're because they're basically all tweeners. But like Mox really should be more of a baby face, especially with his his title runs and then being turned on. But I feel like they're not turning Hangman. It's it's all it's. But I like this. Like I like that it's two guys that the fans like. You get to choose. Choose your own adventure, as they used to say for like those those old like goosebumps style books and stuff. You get to choose which which story you want to go with. Choose your own adventure on this. You yeah. can either like you can cheer for Hangman. You can change. You can cheer for Mox. Cheer for both of them. You can boo both of them. Whatever it is, you make up your own mind. But the, the thing is, both guys are over, so the fans are going to be making noise for their match and for their feud. So like, at the end of the day, that's 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 all that matters. And and AEW does this way more than most companies, where they'll do heel heel, babyface babyface stuff like that, tweener tweener, and just leave it up to the fans to decide who they want to roll with. And I I love that. So um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm I'm I, I like I really like uh, what we saw last night. And I hope Mox is okay. That did look a little scary, um, but I, you know, it looks like he's fine. And uh, this is a feud that I'm glad that they're going, that they're really going with. And um, and yeah, I really don't even know. I, I'd imagine Hangman will win the feud ultimately, and they'll get him back in like that spot of being like a world title challenger level guy, especially because him and MJF have the history. Also, you can definitely run that as a world title feud. So. Uh, so yeah, I think there's a lot of good that's going to come out of uh, the the Mox versus Hangman uh, feud and eventual like big money match, and then uh, and then whatever comes after that. Like maybe maybe Mox will finally get a little bit of a vacation, and Hangman um, can kind of get back into that because we we got to see MJF versus Hangman for the world title at some point. Also, like that's got to definitely happen. So um, so yeah, I, I, I like what this is all setting up. I I was very happy to see Hangman Page return. Last night, we didn't know how long he was going to be out for. I think it happened early October is, is when they had the match. Um, so it's been about two months he's been sidelined. I know he's at WrestleCade uh, last, I guess this past weekend. Uh, he's at WrestleCade. So good to see him out and about and everything. And again, good to see him returning and everything. Um, yeah, I so AW does do this a lot where it comes to, there's not always a clear heel baby face divide brian danielson says he's a heel he gets cheered all the time does a lot of uh, baby face stuff uh and also does some heel stuff in this instance again it's two people with a conflict for legitimate reasons you know hangman page it's not like he targeted john moxley when he came out and made his entrance in the ladder match moxley just happened to be at the top of the ladder about to get the chip so Hey, that's when Hangman, so Moxley has reason to have issue here. It's not like John Moxley meant to give Hangman Page a concussion. He was trying to beat him in the match. They were having a legitimate wrestling contest. Shit happens. Uh, and now Hangman has a legitimate gripe of like, hey, you put me on the shelf. I Maybe I would have won that match if that didn't happen. So let's fucking fight. Uh, that happens. It's good that they play off of that stuff uh so yeah i i like that hangman is immediately just going after moxley they're touching on that they're not forgetting it 
choose who you want to side with here. And if you want to side with both men and it's like, Hey, I think hangman is wrong for holding a grudge over this. Okay, cool. If you're like, Hey, I think hangman should kick the shit out of John Moxley for doing this. I understand that too. So I'm, I'm fine with that. There doesn't, as long as it's done well, when it comes to not having a clear baby face heel divide, I'm all for it. Sometimes they, the lines get, and I said that with, with Brit and Soraya, like, I thought that was way too messy of not having a clear heel babyface divide because I thought it should have been pretty clear, but then the promo content wasn't wasn't good and it made it it made Soraya too much of a heel, Brit too much of a babyface in there, and I didn't like that. In this instance, all of this makes sense to me, and I like that they're they're able to play off that. Looking forward to this, I assume Hangman is going to win as well get it done next week. So John Moxley can have his damn vacation. Please let that man rest. Let him rest going into 2023. He deserves a break. Steven Jensen. Yeah, I agree. Big fan of both of these guys. So like, I'm, I'm looking forward to whatever, whatever happens. Like honestly, Moxley, I've been thinking about it a lot because, you know, we're obviously we're doing those fightful awards and uh, like Moxley might be my wrestler of the year. Like if not, he's a, he's it's very it's way, way, way up there. So like I gotta give all the credit in the world to John Moxley and the 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 2022 that he's had. <laughs> and hey man, hey I, I can't stress it enough. What what AEW did by establishing Hangman as somebody who was going to be a threat to the world title, literally the first AEW press conference ever, him stating that he wanted to be the AEW champion. <clears throat> and that story and that and and everything leading up to him, uh, 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 you know, how long did it take him to win the AW title over two years or so once after the company? So like, I mean, and, and it works so well. Like I have to give AW and Tony Khan and the team there so much credit for like the whole goal, in my opinion, for Hangman and that whole like two year run was just by the time that he's the champion and by the time he loses the belt just they i think the whole goal was just have hangman have hangman be viewed in the same light as like the danielsons omegas like those kind of guys and i think hangman's there like i think that they've done a great job of like hangman is like if you have like a if honestly if you have like a mount rushmore of like AEW's history up to this point like hangman's probably on that it's it's hard because like the young bucks are two people and like you know what i mean like there, there's not a lot of spots on a mount rushmore but like my point is Hangman, I think Hangman is viewed as just, he's a bona fide main eventer for, for life in AEW, I feel like. And I just feel like that's really, um, I, I talk about it in WWE <clears throat> often with like Bianca Belair, where the same kind of idea where it's like the, the goal was like, we need like another Sasha, another Charlotte, another Becky. Like we need, we need another tippy, tippy top person to, to be, to be carrying this company, you know, along with the others and like saw in a, I think that uh, Bianca like has achieved that in WWE, and I think that like Hangman has achieved that in AEW, and like that's it, it's good to see when like you you have you have some new blood like really really make it, and uh, I think Hangman's just a great example of that. So uh, so yeah, I, I'm 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 very much looking forward to this. I'm I'm fine with Mox winning. I'm fine with Hangman winning, but I, I assume it's going to be Hangman based on where they could go afterwards. Uh, real quickly to circle back to our first topic, so Sean Rossap has uh, quote tweeted my asking of Tony Khan and he says I heard Regal's deal is up in December. So there you go. Oh, okay. So that's kind of news. 
I, I mean, I... Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Believe that, you know, I will believe Sean over anybody oh, else. I, mean, I, mean, um, <laughs> Sean. I, I wouldn't say I don't believe Sean. I was just saying, like, I don't know how, like, how out there is that? Has Sean been talking about that? Is that the first time he said December is like in that? Tweet? That's the first time I've heard December. Because again, Dave said one year, which would. Oh, he said it. there's a freebie. I'm sick. You, you, you missed that part of the of the tweet. So, yeah. So that is him like breaking the news. Yeah. Well, oh, I was go. about to write it and take all the credit for it. Oh, Steve sorry. <laughs> we broke it on the spotlight. That's right. I'm trying to give us the credit for it here. We did it. Uh, I, wish um, I, had, I wish we could copyright. Like I'd hit like cool uh, <laughs> uh celebrate music right now and like, do, 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 do. We we broke some news almost. Sean, Sean broke news based on a tweet that we tweeted during the show. So there you go. That's there you cool. go. I'm, I'm texting with him right now. This man needs to rest. <laughs> I, hope he feel, I hope he feels all right, man. Like, this this I... man needs to rest. And instead, he's out here giving I... us the scoops or on the show. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. Thanks, Sean. I, I believe Sean, Sean, Sean is making clear that it's what talent believes um, that his contract expires in December. So that it's what he's heard from people in companies. And that's what he's going with. And again, I will, I will trust Sean's reporting on this. Uh, so yeah, if it expires in December, then doesn't seem like we need any type of a trade. It's expired or will be expiring. That was the way to write him off television seems like he's headed back to, to WWE to do whatever they want him to do and do whatever he wants to do. So, hey, he, he had a good run in AEW. If this is the end of it, uh, I do wish they tied up the, the Moxley loose end a little bit better. But otherwise, it's some good stuff with the, the Blackpool Combat Club and then now the MJF uh, portion of it as well. We'll see what happens with Regal if he's uh, you know on NXT television in couple of weeks uh officially bringing back black and gold instead of 2.0 white and gold whatever they they call it nowadays so there you go everybody a little bit of breaking news for you i could also see a scenario i know like i because i'm sure he'll do something on screen at least occasionally but like if they pair him up with his son on on wwe tv that'd be that'd be kind of cool too like there, there's a lot of there's a there's like you said there's a lot of reasons why it would make sense for Regal to want to go back and i don't think it's even like malicious against aew like he hates aew and just wants out it's just he probably has the perfect scenario to go back to WWE right now. So it's just, you know, it just is what it is. No, I don't think it's malicious to, to AEW either. Because I mean, when he signed with AEW, he even said, like, I, I didn't 
I didn't want to get back into wrestling. Wait, like when he got released by WWE, he's like, I didn't know what I was going to do. I just figured I kind of just like take time off, go away. And then Danielson reached out and was like, Hey, here's our thing. And he spoke with Moxley. He obviously has a very good relationship with those two. And it seemed like it was sort of a short, short term deal the way he was talking about it um, initially. And again, then it came out, it was a year, but then it came out that it was three years. Now it seems like it was less than a year. But the way he talked about it initially was, let's just kind of see how it goes type of thing. Uh, We know his relationship with Triple H. We've seen Triple H, once he got power in July, bringing back a lot of his guys, whether it was on screen or behind the scenes, bringing back a lot of his guys. I think whenever Samoa Joe's deal is up, Triple H is going to be on the phone with him very quickly. And I think Triple H knows the value of William Regal that Vince clearly didn't uh i think vince liked regal but he was just cutting everybody at this point but triple h knows the value of regal not only on screen but behind the scenes as well and i think this is more what regal wants to do i don't know regal i don't know his full mindset i'm sure he's happy being on screen and stuff i think william regal loves going and scouting and and giving advice to people who want advice and things like that and in AEW, not that he can't do that, but they already had Tony's already very plugged in to the Indies. They already have guys who are like they they bring in talent all the time from the Indies and stuff. I don't think Regal is as valuable to AEW as he is to WWE when you factor in all the off screen stuff. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I I I think it it all it all makes all, all the sense in the world. It really does. So. I, I, and it works out for everyone, really. Like, I, that's what Regal wants to do. It's not like I I hate Re- Real and Re- Will and Regal for wanting to go back to the WWE. Like, it's, it's a great situation for him. Um, and he did great things in AEW. The Bike Cool Combat Club was awesome. It was a moment in time that, like, I think people can always look fondly back at in AEW's history. Like, so this, it was it's a win for everybody. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to our WWE spotlight. Want to be a professional wrestler? Or do you want to be a WWE superstar? WWE superstar sounds a whole lot better to me than being a professional wrestler. We had some WWE superstar moments at Survivor Series. The biggest one being Samuel Zayn proving his loyalty to the bloodline. He stopped the count when it looked like Kevin Owens had Roman Reigns beat. He low-blowed Kevin Owens after he caught the super kick from Jey Uso. He hit the haluva kick on Owens. And then he was like, here you go, Jay. Here he is. Jay hit the splash, got the pin on Owens, got the victory. Hugged Roman Reigns. Hugged Jey Uso. And honestly, the greatest moment in WWE history. <laughs> Jey Uso and Sami Zayn squashing it all. Coming together with a big old bro hug. Sami Zayn is full-blown Sami Uso at this point. Jensen, what were your thoughts when you saw this go down? I mean, it is, it is, and I, I don't say this lightly, it's remarkable how over Sami Zayn is with all this. Like, it's it's really, like, I, I don't, you know, it. I don't want to make, like, complete comparisons, but, like, there's a lot of elements to what we're seeing right now is what we saw for, like, Kofi Mania and, and Brian Danielson's run at WrestleMania 30 and stuff like that. And, like, I'm not necessarily saying that, like, it's good, this is going to end with Sami Zayn, you know, defeating Roman Reigns at WrestleMania for the title. I think that spot is, is reserved for one American Nightmare. But the 
I think this is setting the stage perfectly, setting the table, if you will, perfectly for Usos versus Owens and Zayn at WrestleMania for the tag titles. And like, if you if we have a WrestleMania where you get those moments where, because this is where I think ultimately everything winds up by WrestleMania or by the time WrestleMania ends. I think by that time, Reigns will have turned on Zayn by before WrestleMania. I think we're going to get Owens versus, uh, sorry, Zayn versus Roman one-on-one sometime before WrestleMania. And eventually, like, the match will be KO and Zayn versus the Usos. And I think they're going to beat the Usos for the tag titles at WrestleMania. So, like, right there, let's just hypothetically say Usos lose the tag belts. And that's a huge moment. Sami Zayn gets all the cheers. Him and Kevin Owens are the tag team champions of the WWE. They can do something different that they haven't done really in the WWE. Like we haven't really seen them do like they've teamed before, but like, like a full on like tag team title run out. They've never been the tag team champions of the WWE to my knowledge. Not that I, I can remember. No, so, Zane and, no. Yeah. So like this is something new for both of these guys to do. And it'll be great because we haven't seen it in so long of them like teaming on, on a regular basis. Um, so, so you have that moment. And then like, let's assume if Cody beats Roman also, you'd be leaving WrestleMania with like two massive title changes in WrestleMania moments, Cody beating Roman to, to end the streak, the title, the title run and Sami Zayn getting the big redemption over the bloodline and like, and things with his best friend, Kevin Owens being better than ever. And you're leaving WrestleMania on like a reset. Cause now the bloodline, like, How's the bloodline try to bounce back? And how's Roman act? And how do how do the others act towards Roman if they all lose their titles? And he can't even go to the Usos and be like, y'all let me down. You know, you're like, they're like, yo, yo, Uso, you let us down. Like, you lost your title too. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, I just feel like that it's a total reset on everything if all of them lose their belts during WrestleMania. Um, so I think that's where it's all heading. But um, so, so this, this I think was all, all a really good way of like setting the, the kind of the foundation for what's going to be a WrestleMania season. And I love the finish, like you said, Sami Zayn <clears throat> directly affecting it, <laughs> hitting that Haluva kick, and literally handing Jay the win. Like Jay hit that splash. Like Jay gets the glory. Jay gets the pin. He wins War Games, and uh, and then yeah, the moment everyone was waiting for when when the two of them start hugging and the place is going just insane. So, you know, I'll say this. this is the last thing I'll say about because I want to hear your thoughts too. I hear a lot of rumblings. People are like, <clears throat> WWE needs to pivot. Like, even if it was going to be Cody or somebody else that was going to take out Roman, like, it should be Sami Zayn at this point because of just how over he's getting and the fans want it. <clears throat> what do you think about that? Do you think that they need to, like, really give the people that? Or do you think they need to kind of be like, you think you want that, but like, there's also this other story of like this guy we brought back in from AEW and like he's Dusty's son and the story writes itself and Triple H is a big Dusty guy and like the whole company is a big Dusty guy. And like, this is like, I feel like the, um, um, if not the main reason, one of the main reasons Cody came back to WWE was to win the world title. Like that seems like the, like a giant part That's of the motivation. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so it's like, I feel like if you don't do that, like that's, I don't know, I, but I'm just saying, like, they're in an interesting spot because Sami Zayn is ultra over, and I understand the rumblings about like the want for something like that. I I completely get it. I understand that people w- would want them to pivot here because Zayn is, and he might be the most over guy in the company, 
yeah. right now. He gets a reaction for every single thing he does. I've called him the the wrestler of the year, and people are gonna be like, "Well, matches, which is match quality." The match with Johnny Knoxville is the best match of the year. I don't <laughs> care what anybody says. Uh, and as far as like moments and memorable segments and stuff, like nobody's top it. Sami Zayn. I get it. If you lean more into match quality, sure. There, there's other people. Then I think it's Speedball. Uh, Dax yeah. Harwood has a case. John Mox has a case. There, there's plenty of guys who have better matches than Sami Zayn. But you talk about sports entertaining, professional wrestling. Sami Zayn is doing a lot of work in WWE, and everything he's involved in this year has been fantastic. And he's had memorable matches. He's had memorable moments in matches. So I, Sami Zayn has been just the absolute best this year. But I would not put the title on him. I would not have him end Roman's reign. And the biggest reason is if this was like Roman had the title for six months and it's like, okay, maybe like we can do a quick switch to Sami Zayn and then maybe get it back on Roman or something like that. Basically the Foley thing, right? Like Foley had it for a couple of weeks. It's not like the rock was too deep into his reign when he won it or anything like that. You could easily do that. This reign for Roman is over two years now. There has been so much put into it when he does lose. And I too assume it'll be Cody when he does lose. It has to be a guy that is fully made from this and is going to carry your company is going to be the new face of your company. And this is no knock on Sami Zayn who has been great in this, but there is the Mick Foley vibe of we like this guy. He fills a lot of roles. He does a lot of good stuff. He's entertaining and everything he does. This ain't the guy that's going to carry the company for us. This is a very good, and I don't want to use the term B plus player, but this is a very good second line guy right here. Like he's, he's great to have on the team. He's going to, he's going to step up when other guys are out. He could be a first line guy in, in certain situations, but this ain't the guy, this ain't the superstar guy who is going to win I'm using a lot of hockey analogies. This ain't the first line guy who's going to win the heart trophy or anything Mm. like that. And I hate saying this about Sami Zayn because I literally just called him my wrestler of the year. So please don't think this is a hate on Sami Zayn. This is how I am looking at a bigger picture of the guy that needs to beat Roman because they are so invested in this whole thing with him has to be a guy that is looked at as this is the face of the company. And right now, really only Cody fits that bill. If you wanted to elevate, I was talking about like Braun Breaker. If you wanted to elevate somebody like that, I could I could see that. I thought Drew could could have even done that at Clash of the Castle. I thought that was a moment. And they clearly do see Drew as a guy like that. I don't think they see Sammy as that guy. And maybe they should because he's been that good for them. I just don't think they see him as that guy. And that's why... I don't think it's going to be Sami Zayn. I laid out my scenario last week. Uh, I'll recap it very quickly of what, what I think is going to happen with Sami Zayn. And, and that is elimination chamber is the turn on Sami. Um, and in Montreal, the big reunion with Sami and with Kevin Owens, and then they win the titles at WrestleMania. I think you can get a very, and this might, this honestly, it's, it's, I feel bad saying this because I actually think Sami Zayn deserves better than this. I actually think you could sell a lot of tickets with this. I think you can do Roman and Sami on free TV 
and pop a big number for that going into WrestleMania season coming out of Elimination Chamber. Because I don't think they have an event between Elimination Chamber and WrestleMania. You can put that on Fox. I think that pops a big, big number for Fox during a big time for the company. Yeah, I, I, I agree with all of that 100%. Um, and yeah, with like with Sammy becoming the champion, like I have nothing, and I know you're the same way. We neither of us have anything against him becoming the like the WWE champion. No, it's just, absolutely uh, not. It's just this specific scenario where like they've 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 courted themselves in, in like a they've boxed themselves in the WWE with not only Roman having this title for so long, but like he has both their world titles. So like you can't like if they, if their titles were still split, you could figure a way of like eventually getting Sammy away from Roman and like winning the other belt that like doesn't affect him pinning Roman Reigns to win the title. Like you had, you'd have more options in a scenario like that, but because Roman holds both world titles and he he's had the belts for so long, I agree with you hundred percent. Like the, who, the person who beats him, that's why I go back to Cody so often. Like it isn't just that I'm a big fan of his. It's that he's the only one I think on their current roster, who's like ready to take that role of like the face of the company for the next, you know, five years plus like right now, ready to do it right now. Like Braun breaker, I think will be that guy eventually, but like, it just, it's just not yet. Like, and that's not Braun's fault. It's not the company's fault. It's strictly like he's still, there, there has to be a longer term play. And like, you want to make sure you do it right with Braun breaker because you don't want to, you don't want to put him in a scenario. He's not ready for the, or the fans aren't ready for and stuff like that. Like, you got to be careful because he is a very special talent, in my opinion. I think Braun Breaker will be the face of their company eventually. Um, so, um, but, and that's the thing, you know, you have some other options, like, uh, you know, like a lot of people obviously like Bray Wyatt and stuff, but I, I, I'd prefer to keep him away from the world title because I think he's kind of his own thing with his own stories. It's his own, you know what I mean? Like, it's, I don't want the world title this, involved in any of that. Well, uh, this, I don't know if this pitch black match is actually happening. Have you seen this thing? With the no, I, I saw I saw like a rumor that they were gonna have some sort of match. Wait, was it like Louis Dangor that that put that out there? Actually, I, I think, think it I was. Saw... I think it was Louis via WrestleVotes. Oh, okay, because like Louis, you know, y'all know I like Louis, but some of the stuff I'm like, I don't know how like what he's thinking sometimes. But 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 if, if that's a real thing, yeah, I, I saw like a rumor about that. Louis sucks. Um, <laughs> so there was apparently a pitch for a pitch black match. And I want this thing to just be full lights off. You hear like noises. You have fake crowd chants. Michael Cole and Wade Barrett are calling it like it's a real thing. Like they they can see it on their monitor or something somehow. And then the lights come on and then Bray is just victorious. There's blood on the mat. There's weapons thrown aside and everything. I hope this man, Dexter Loomis, set the bar very high. Loomis came back in August just wrestled his first match on wow. monday's raw and it went like eight minutes and he took two bumps he took a ddt before the bell rang and then he did an elbow drop through a table uh on the from the barricade uh, through miz so like very safe bumps didn't actually take like a flat back in the ring or anything like that that's the bar for bray wyatt that's what he needs to do i this man is a finesse god out here get in the bag not taking bumps not wrestling not doing any of this shit oh yeah he doesn't need to be involved in the title picture i hope he just continues to never wrestle i I think i said it when he came back like just like make his little movies and that's his wrestling matches just don't actually wrestle fuck all that be smart work work smarter not harder bray 
yeah, Cody's Cody's the guy to to dethrone Roman, I think. And then where they go from there, we shall see. Uh, my WWE spotlight: Steven Jensen is Becky Lynch returning. Uh, you may have missed it because college football was on, and they they had the college football game ran over because it was in overtime. So SmackDown, depending on where you were. You either saw it live or the, you got it spoiled for you because everyone was tweeting Becky's back. But then SmackDown started like 10 minutes late, but it started mm. like it was starting live. So they yeah. didn't like miss the the Becky's entrance. It's just if you were on social media, you knew it happened. And then you were watching college football. And then at 810, you just saw the start of SmackDown. It's like, oh, well, here's Becky. So she came back. She competed in war games. Uh, she in the first match since suffering a separated shoulder against Bianca. At, at SummerSlam, she had a leg drop off the top of the cage. I thought she looked good in this match, and having Becky Lynch back is a new breath of fresh air in the women's division. I really liked her promo on Raw, where she went to the crowd and she was interacting with the crowd. She was talking with Bailey. They did the big backstage uh, concession stand brawl. I think damage control needs a little. They got to do some damage control with damage control right now because they keep getting beat up at every turn. Becky kind of taking out all three of them. I don't know. Maybe you can do that a little bit better than Dakota lost later in the night, uh, which I guess makes sense. She just competed in war games. Now she's facing a fresh Candice LeRae. I get that. They're the women's tag team titles, but they haven't really done much with them. Regardless, I'm excited that Becky is back. She's going to open up new possibilities in the women's division. She's back as the man, which is her, you know, how she kind of rose to prominence and everything. I think they're they're going to be setting up this Becky uh, Ronda Rousey match going into WrestleMania. What are your thoughts, Jensen? Yep, I agree with that as well. I and I, I like uh, you brought it up, but I really like that she's gone back to the, um, the whole the man type persona versus the big time back stuff. Um, I think this is just a lot more organic, and. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's huge to have her back. She's she's a big draw for the WWE. Has great matches. Um, obviously, you know, it's it, it, it goes without saying. Like like that's if the WWE can have Becky back, like that's all oh, that's huge um, for them. So, uh, and she looked she looked very good in more games as well. Like like you said, did a, did that big match ending finish off the top rope or sorry, off the top rope off the top of the off the top of the the war games cage through the table and everything. Um, and I, I'm with you too about the Ronda Rousey thing. It's it just, it's unfortunate that, um, you know, the, I, the idea of Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch just was just so much more exciting. Like a few years ago, you know, yeah. it's just, it just, it just kind of sucks that that's where it's at now. Cause by the time the match happens, I'm sure I'll be excited for it. Like, I'm not one of these people that like totally hates on Ronda Rousey, but I also like I, I understand the criticisms. Like I, you know what I mean. I get it. Like the mat, like that match with um on the pay per view um with uh, with Shotzi was bad. Like that yeah. just like what you know this wasn't a good match, and a lot of it was because Ronda just like wasn't taking bumps and stuff too. Like it's just it's tough. Um, and and her star isn't what it was before, like popularity wise and pop culture and stuff. Like she's still very famous in comparison to like most WWE wrestlers, but like. It, it isn't it isn't the same thing like there there's there's absolutely like a lack of buzz for it and and it just feels like she hasn't improved that much like it feels like she's almost getting worse like it feels like when she came in a few years ago she was like really trying and having like 
good matches and stuff. And now it's just kind of like, it feels like the fans don't really want to see her as champion. It feels like the promos aren't good. The matches really aren't getting, they're actually getting worse versus better. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just interesting. Cause like, I think it makes all the sense in the world to, another side of it too, of course, is like Ronda. Like if you have access to Ronda Rousey, you kind of have to make her the champion or like really towards the top of that. Cause I'm not saying like she's hard to work with or anything. I literally have no idea. I'm just like kind of speculating, like how much does she want to be there? If she isn't the champion or like, or, or, or heavily featured, you know what I mean? Is it for her, is it worth her time to be a part of the show? If she isn't going to be in a spot like that, you know what I mean? Like, would she, you know what I mean? Like, you could probably just be like, well, I just thought if I'm not going to be the champion, or I'm not going to be like heavily featured. I'm just going to go back home. Like, I don't really want to do this. You know, I don't know how, how much she loves doing this. I, I have no idea. So like, it, it's, so on one hand, I'm glad we're going to find, I think we're going to finally get Becky versus Ronda at WrestleMania, but it should have happened like two or three WrestleManias ago, probably. So it's like, I don't know. And then Becky, I think will beat her, which is what should happen. But um, back when they did Ronda versus Charlotte versus Becky in the triple threat to main event WrestleMania, that at that point, it should have just been Becky versus Ronda yeah. one-on-one at, at that point, that was the right time. Like that was the right moment in time to do that. Um but uh, but yeah, it, it, obviously it's good to have Becky back for the WWE. Like, I mean, she she's she means a lot to that company, and uh, and yeah, I think she's gonna win the title at WrestleMania from Ronda. That so so to kind of to kind of you know piggyback off your point. So the Ronda Shotzi match, uh, not great. This Ronda run has not done much of anything for me. I was willing to give her a chance when she came back. Um, I didn't mind the the I quit match against Charlotte. I thought that was that was fine. The WrestleMania match a little, a little rough, and uh, some in some spots and everything. And then her run with the title is it's good that she's like a heel again because that's where she's best at. But the the match quality not been good, not been good. Um, the the wife is very angry. Just Ronda sucks. It's terrible <laughs> for her to be back. Stop him. I guess that means you. Uh, trying to be nice to ronda rousey not she's not a fan of, of, yeah. of the ronda rousey i get it i mean like my my thing a lot a lot of my thing with ronda is like i have a a lot of respect for what she did for for mixed martial arts i mean obviously especially for like female mma like dana white didn't even want he said it in interview do you think she could beat kane velasquez no these were legitimate arguments oh, i think joe oh. rogan said this yeah, shit that they like thought, ronda yeah, rousey they, oh they weren't saying that she could outbox floyd mayweather and everything oh, back yeah. then Just. um but uh but she, but 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 she like people have to understand like dana white's literally you can find videos of him being asked you know not not long before ronda rousey's big uh like you know come up he straight up said like women are never gonna fight in the ufc like it wasn't for him he didn't want to promote it and Ronda changed Ronda pretty much single-handedly changed his mind. I mean, that was a byproduct, of course, of like Gina Carano and how successful she was and her and Cyborg and Strike Force and stuff. But then when Ronda came along in Strike Force and really blew up, and then the UFC brought her in and made her the, the first women's champion in the company. And you can say what you will about, you know, kind of the end of her run by the time she ran into like Amanda Nunez and, and Holly Holm and stuff like that, but um, there was a minute there. It, it took a while for the competition level to reach where she was at. So she was in there like murking women who just weren't as good as she was. Um, and then the competition level got better over time. But um, Rhonda does deserve a, a, an insane level of credit for what she did for for female 
uh, MMA and, and honestly, female sports as a whole, I think just the way that people look at like female athletes. And so she deserves a lot of that credit. Just the problem with it is like m- the buzz of what I'm talking about really died out a while ago. And the way that she's handled certain stuff, handled certain losses, handled certain stuff publicly. It's just, I just don't think the, the, the buzz just isn't there like it was before. Um, and, and that's not just her. Like even like Conor McGregor, the biggest star in the history of, of mixed martial arts, you know, he wants to come back and, you know, it's going to take a whole lot of time because he is juiced out of his mind right now. And he has to get back in the USADA testing pool and everything. But like, I, I don't feel like there's any real buzz for it. It's like, this was the biggest star in the company. And like, he's talking about wanting to fight again. And people are just kind of like, I don't know, man, it's kind of over. The kind of the moment's just kind of done, you know, it happens to everybody. Um, and, and, and Rhonda, that's the, that's the double-edged sword with Rhonda. She's still on paper. If you put her name on a list of all the current WWE superstars that are currently signed to the company, she's still probably the most recognizable name on that sheet of paper outside of probably like Brock Lesnar. Like she's like the most recognizable name still. So, so like I get why the WWE heavily features her while they have her, but at the same time, like she's their champion. So like the matches should be better. And you know, it's just, you know, but once again, I think Becky's eventually going to beat her, but I, I just, I don't, I don't think that, at the end of the day, I don't think the WWE is getting the value that they thought they were getting when they brought Ronda Rousey back. I, I completely agree with that. But if they get the big Becky and Ronda match out of it, while I'm very cold on that match right now, Becky is so good that I have no doubt that she will talk me into this match and make me want to see her punch Ronda Rousey in the face. So that that's how good Becky Lynch is and how much respect I have for her and her promo skills. Uh, let's move on to our other spotlight. Our product is what it is. We're going straight up the middle. Yeah, that man is banned from this program. Um, but I guess I still am using that bumper. Kenny Omega <laughs> is coming back to new Japan. It's actually happened a couple of weeks ago, but we're, we're, we're a little behind because due to my COVID. Um, but Kenny Omega is coming back. He appeared at the uh, Battle Autumn show and was like, hey, I actually it was the, sorry, it was the Historic Crossover show. New Japan Stardom Historic Crossover uh, show. Apologies. Um, he confronted Will Ospreay via video message. And he's like, coming back to show you how it's done. Young William, young bruv. So we got it at Wrestle Kingdom. Omega, Osprey, all the talk in the media. It's whether it started off as a work, whether it started off as a shoot, it is now a work because they're going to make some money at Wrestle Kingdom. We noticed, you know, they, they announced the best of seven series in AEW, and that January 4th date was open. And then we found out very shortly after why, because like Historic X over happened like two hours after uh, Full Gear. So, yeah, it was very quickly realized by January 4th was open. Omega back in Japan for the first time since 2019 when he lost to, to Tanahashi. What are your thoughts, Stephen? You know, never say never. You know, no matter how you feel like people are have like falling outs or whatever it is with like companies and stuff, like you never say never. You know, a lot of people thought Kenny in New Japan would never, like he'd never go back to Japan. He'd never do New Japan again and all this stuff. Or like the company was salty about how he left years ago and all this stuff and whatever. Hey, time heals a lot of wounds. Like they're this the timing's just perfect. And they have to do Omega versus Osprey one-on-one. Like it has to happen. It's going to happen. Um, that's massive. Like that's a mat. I think that's the kind of match that like even people that had no interest in watching New Japan, like they will buy uh they will buy the show to watch. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're 
like that 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 is that is a money match that that wrestling fans I think are gonna are gonna pay for even if they're even if they don't follow the New Japan product. Um, so I mean, I think it's gonna be. I mean, on paper, it'll you know it has potential to be the best match of the year, like just without even before it even starts. So, um, obviously, I'm excited for it. I I, I think that Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay are two of the best in ring wrestlers on the planet. Um, and it's a one on one match. We 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 like that. We've been waiting for this. It's been building and and with the suspensions of uh like the elite after full gear and everything, or sorry after all out. I mean, yeah, I get all their all the all the pay-per-view names all screwed up always um but with the elite getting um suspended after brawl out um uh you know it it felt like it was it was all heading that direction with like the the, them running into each other in the trios tournament and everything so i'm glad i'm glad there is going to be a payoff for this and um and i like how personal it feels too it's like kenny basically saying listen, man, like, I know you're getting all these five-star matches, but, like, no one really remembers them. Like, they remember, you know, my, you know, six-star matches with, like, Okada and stuff, you know. And Osprey is sitting back there being like, dude, like, you think you're better than I am? Like, I'm younger than you. I'm faster than you. I'm stronger than you. Like, you're, you're gonna have to keep up with me out there. You know what I mean? And, like, I, I, I love it. I think both guys are gonna really get the best out of one another. We're gonna see a badass wrestling match. I think it's going to be a great match. I They've done a really good job of building up this story uh, through the media and, and through different interviews and through social media and everything. And then we've seen it come to television. Yeah, once they wrestled in the trios thing, it's like, okay, at some point we got to do a singles match. And I'm glad it's happening in Japan. I think that's the right place for it over AEW. AEW got the first little teaser with the trios match, but I'm glad it's happening in Japan. Kenny being back in Japan, he's going to get a hero's welcome. That man is yeah. still beloved in Japan and him returning to, to new Japan. He, he mentioned it in an interview, I think with sports illustrated of like, yeah, I spoke Japanese, like just to re- like remind him, like this is still my, my company, my territory and everything. And I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to wrestle kingdom. One, it's not two nights again. That's helpful. Uh, two, there's going to be talent from AEW on this show. And I think there's going to be WWE talent on this show as well, because I'm pretty convinced that Carl Anderson is going to be working this Tokyo dome show. So you're going to have talent from all the major promotions working this show. I think you're going to have impact talent. I could easily see Chris Bay and Ace Austin being on this show. You're going to see talent from all the promotions working on this show and it's gonna be it's gonna be a big deal. So it's a and this is a big show for New Japan. It's Wrestle Kingdom. It's obviously a big show, but coming out of the pandemic when they've had so many crowds, like they are still taking it very seriously of like limited crowd, limited cheering, and everything like that. And Wrestle, I believe the restrictions won't be there for Wrestle Kingdom. So it's gonna be a, a monumental show for for New Japan, and they need some type of spark because the pandemic really hurt them overall when it came to to interest and everything so you get you get omega versus osprey the main event okada and jay white i think you're gonna get wb talent on this show uh you, you got the the other the, the matches uh, the junior heavyweight title then you're gonna get impact talent and everything on this show so it's a it's a big show you stardom we're gonna get Kyrie against sam nakano on this show as well so it's a big show for for new japan and, and 
setting up 2023 for them and trying to really bounce back after the pandemic, which I think took a chunk out of them. But yeah, Osprey Omega, it's going to be great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's a it's been a long time coming, so I'm glad I'm glad it's official and we're going to definitely get it. Uh, Jensen, your other spotlight was Jay Vidal signing with Impact, becoming the first uh, openly gay wrestler to sign with Impact. Yeah, yeah, I think this is this is great news. Like Jay Vidal is very talented, great looking wrestler uh great uh great like uh, like on the microphone very very good in the ring like somebody that i think is gonna have a really bright future in wrestling and someone who hasn't wrestled that long like i think uh i was i was doing a little research and i think i think Vidal started in like 2016 2017 so like it hasn't been around very long either and and that's that's always good this is i yeah i talked about it a lot you know impact wrestling i don't think has the best track record of like pushing young talent as i as i think that they should um but um it's always exciting to me to see somebody come in who's young hungry talented and most importantly not already exposed to the mainstream wrestling audience and that's where i think the real value for someone like vidal comes in because he could be seen as a legitimate homegrown aew talent sorry impact wrestling talent we just it's a little confusing with the show with all the companies we, we covered um with impact wrestling like so um and yeah the, the the being openly gay that that just adds to it you know what i mean like that that's cool to see just how far things are coming for just everybody in all different walks of life and just how um you know we're not it's not 100 percent yet we're not there everything's not perfect but like i think it's pretty cool like it's pretty cool that like in 2022 I mean, think about it in like the nineties, especially even like the early two thousands and stuff. If you even hinted that you might be gay, like you could get shunned out of locker rooms, your career could be over. Like people didn't want to work with you. It's terrible. And now it's like, we're making, we're making big announcements. Like, Hey, this guy's openly gay. People signed to our company and we're going to treat him just like we treat everybody else. And I, I love that. So um, I think this is a win for impact wrestling. It's obviously a win for Jay Vidal. Um, because Jay's gonna have a whole lot more exposure now being on Impact Wrestling TV. Um, and yeah, so this is just a big win. This is a win all the way around. And and I, I hope nothing but success for Jay Vidal and uh and hope that they have a, a, a successful run and get everything they want out of that that impact run. I think I think impact wrestling is a really, really good launching pad for a lot of wrestlers. Um, if if you don't have ne- necessarily the name value yet. Um, or like the eyes on you yet of like, you know, that the potential yet of like maybe going to like NXT or getting signed to AEW. Like I think impact wrestling is like great, great, great spot to be because you're going to get a lot more eyes on you. And if, if you're, if you're treated well there and they like you and you like them, you can have like a long run there and also simultaneously work indie dates and stuff. It's a good situation to have for a lot of wrestlers. And then by the end of your run there, your your value is going to be higher than it was before that run because so many more people are going to know about you because you wrestle for them. So your value is going to go up if you are interested years down the line in NXT, in AEW, and other options. So um, I think this is going to be a big a big launching uh, a big launching point for the career of Jay Vidal, and I'm I'm very happy. He's 25 years old, so still very young in, in the sport. And yeah, we've talked about it before of how they've got good young talent. It's just a matter of investing in them putting them in positions to succeed giving them regular television time getting them in stories that people care about as well um and right now they don't always do the best job 
of that, but they, they have the talent. I hope they do. I hope they do plenty with Jay Vidal. I don't want them to lean into the openly gay stuff. First openly gay man to, to sign with the, the company and things like that. It's part of his story. I understand that. Don't, don't make that the entire presentation. I don't well, like, no, I agree with, like, I agree with that for sure. I just think it's really important that like that's, yes. that's mentioned because like that, that gives, that lets other gay wrestlers know that like, you know, I'd say for me, for people to know this about me and like, I'm still going to be able to get work. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I think that's why it's so important, but I, but I agree you don't want to like stereotype somebody on screen just because of their sexual orientation. I, I right. Guess. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's obvious. It's part of the story. It's, it's great. It is historic. Um, it should be mentioned. It should not just be a thing of like, hey, you're openly gay. You're the first person inside of the company. Let's talk about how you were gay and everything. Like, no, come up with an actual good story between it. And don't just, you know, use them during uh, Pride Month and things like that. I know that's a, a complaint a lot of people have when it comes to companies is like, oh, you just put this person on television because it's Pride Month. Like, no, right. actually just you utilize them year round, 25 years old. You have a shot to do something. With, with this person i've not seen uh as much uh, of jay as, as jensen because he watches everything but from what i've seen uh in, in like some of the the gcw stuff in, in revolver um good stuff like I, i'm impressed especially given how little he has done in in wrestling like how limited he, he's worked uh and given how young he is and impact will now give him a chance to be on television and continue to hone his craft and like you said you can carve out a nice spot for yourself in impact because there are talent, there are spots there and people have loyalty to impact and people like there's only so many spots in AEW and WWE. We saw Tasha Steeles just, just resign. I think Tasha Steeles is great. She could probably go to AEW WWE and do just fine, but you're a small fish in a big pond there. You're a big fish in a smaller pond in impact. And I think that works to people's benefits. And I think that works to, to Jay Vidal's benefit as well. Let's move on to our indie spotlight. I'm going to give a big motherfucking shout out. Big motherfucking shout out to Wes Barkley. Yeah. The victory over Matt Cardona at AIW hell on earth. Cardona was trying to troll fans to start. Uh, making it seem like he was going to go back to WWE and everything. And he just said, nope, I'm the real absolute intense champion. I didn't lose these titles. I was forced to vacate due to injury. And then he loses to Wes Barkley, who has been on AEW television recently, who I think is fantastic uh, as a performer. And it was nice to see him get a good win over Matt Cardona. And now we can really start these rumors of Cardona going to WWE because uh, I don't feel like Cardona, this is a match he would necessarily lose otherwise so yeah and, and, and yeah the reason i wanted to make this my spotlight today and i know we're running low on time so i won't talk too long about this because we have one more spotlight to get to but um the reason i wanted to spotlight this so much is because and i'm i'm honestly probably the biggest um uh example of of this uh i'm i'm part, I'm part of the problem i'm a big part of the problem when it comes to this um, Wes Barkley, I feel like is really, really overlooked because he's rip city shooters and he's just overshadowed so much by Joshua Bishop. Um, and that's a big part on me. I'm one of the main people out there always talking about Josh. Cause I think Josh is like, he's so, he's so can't miss. Like when he, when he eventually winds up in one of these major companies, he's going to be a massive star in wrestling. And, and, and I'm always talking about him. 
And but Wes has been putting in that work. I remember seeing him in like Southern Underground Pro live in Nashville like years and years ago. Maserati Wes, like really still trying to figure it out, doing scramble matches and stuff like that. For a little while, they had Brickster in their crew with with uh with the Rip City Shooters as well. And it and and but Wes, like he's like he's put on size. He's really he's really like come into his own as like a character and stuff. I love the throwback, the 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 homages that those guys do, like. He basically he did the killing uh, killing them softly entr- entrance like Scott Hall with like the Scott Hall kind of you know drip uh, uh, you know uh, style gear that he wore and stuff like that and um, I, I just wanted to give a real big shout out to Wes Barkley because like he he's really really damn good and he has been for quite a while um, but he just gets overshadowed by Josh Bishop and, and and it's because Josh I just think is just such a can't miss star and I think. It wouldn't matter if it's West or anybody else. Josh is just going to outshine a lot of people because you see that guy and you're like, that dude's going to be like WWE champion one day. And then it's like, but then it's like, but look at West too. Like he, West cuts great promos. Um, West has really, really, really good matches. Like he's a really solid in-ring wrestler. And like I said, he keeps putting on like more size and stuff. Like he's, he's really putting it together. And that went over Matt Cardona. He said it himself. That was the biggest win of his career. Um, and I agree. I mean, and that's, that's, that's huge. Um, and like you said, it's even bigger because it kind of, it kind of plants some seeds in, in, in thinking like Cardona really might be heading back to the WWE. So like, yeah, huge shout out to Maserati West, huge win over Matt Cardona. And I think that's going to be the start of something way bigger for him. Um, because I've always said it too, as much as I talk about Josh Bishop, I think that him and West as a package deal is the, is the best case scenario for everybody. Cause whether they're a tag team, because West can really wrestle. So like they're they're great as a tag team and they're great as each other's corner men when they wrestle singles matches. Like it's a great alliance to have. So I will I honestly hope wherever Josh eventually winds up, Wes is right there with him. Cause I I, you know, like I said, I'm a massive part of the prop because I'm always hyping up Josh Bishop, but like Wes Barkley deserves deserves a lot of credit and a lot of recognition. And uh, I'm really happy to see him get that win over Matt Cardona. He does, and I'm glad Cardona. Cardona has been a big AIW staple and throughout his his indie run. And it was nice of him to to put Wes over because I think if Cardona had won, it was just been like okay, because they went nearly 20 minutes in this match too. So it's like all right, you have a 20 minute competitive match with Matt Cardona, you lose, that's okay. Getting him the victory here, I think it does feed into the the WWE rumors, but it also just it, it puts Wes over. And I remember when I went to. Uh, Cleveland show in AW West and Dante Martin had a match and it was only like two or three minutes, but Wes is good. He he's, he's very good. And yeah, he, he does get overshadowed by Josh Bishop. So it is good that he got some shine here and hopefully continues to get some shine. Other indie spotlight, Ricky steamboat returned to the ring teaming with FTR to take on Jay lethal Brock Anderson and the surprising uh, third man, Nick Aldis steamboat, but he did limited stuff. He did not go out there and try to have a completely classic Ricky Steamboat match. He was obviously helped by the fact that it was a six-man tag, and his teammates were the best tag team in the world right now. Um, but he did the arm drag, which people loved. He did the chops. He did the overhand chop. Arn Anderson took a bump as well, which was insane that Arn Anderson, please don't do that, Arn. <laughs> they got the victory with the triple figure four here. I don't know if Ricky's going to wrestle again, but I think Ricky Steamboat could wrestle six-man tags with FTR and just make thousands of dollars for as long as he wants to. It really is spectacular like how like how good he still is, like given his age and like how rarely he wrestles and stuff like that. Like 
he it, it really is uh really really cool to see him still i mean just the fact that he can still do the arm the arm drags and the and the the chops and stuff like that's enough as far as i'm concerned like that's you know you're getting you're getting you're getting ricky steamboat as long as you get those things um and it was cool the that uh the lethal was wearing like the the savage trunks from wrestlemania 3 so like you so i i thought that was a really a really nice touch obviously lethal being like the 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 randy Savage, the black machismo and all that stuff so it's like i uh I thought that was a nice touch that when when Steamboat and Sad, or sorry, when Steamboat and Lethal were were in there together, it was almost like seeing this crazy throwback of of Savage and, and Steamboat back in the day and stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, and what a what a treat for FTR also. I mean, those guys. I mean, that's they're they're out there just living their best lives right now, getting to team with their heroes and stuff. I mean, that's that's awesome. They're hanging out with Bret Hart and stuff, and getting a team with Ricky Steamboat. And I mean, that's awesome. So. Um, and, and obviously big credit to them. Cause like this match, it doesn't work nearly as well. If FTR isn't teaming with, with steamboat, obviously, but steamboat held his own, like for what you expect out of steamboat at this age and like this, where he's at in the game right now. Like, I feel like you couldn't ask for anything better than what he gave us. I, they FTR, they're weak. Dax Harwood, his week. He wrestled speedball on Saturday. <laughs> he did this match on Sunday. He wrestled Danielson on Wednesday. This, this is a career from awesome. most people and this is what dax harwood did in like five days so yeah ftr they're they're the absolute best good to see ricky steamboat back i don't know they didn't advertise it as his last match they they just they made it more about the return so it seems like it could be open that he wrestles again don't know if he will but it seems like it could be open that he wrestles again rick flair is now saying that you know he will he could wrestle again and he'll, he'd be good we will we will see. I feel like Flair is going to do another match. Oh, I don't one care. million! He's doing multiple. He's doing. He's coming back for a run. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we we will see when it comes to Ric Flair. But Steamboat looked good. You know they kept it as limited as they they needed to. I get that. That's that's all you need to do. People just are happy to see Ricky Steamboat. They don't need to see a thirty minute classic. The expectations are not there for this point for for Ricky Steamboat. Go out there, do six mans with FTR for another year and make a bunch of money, Ricky Steamboat. Go get the cash, Ricky. Yes. Go on AEW. Tony Khan says you're welcome back. Go get that AEW money as well. Absolutely. Johnson, let everyone know where they can find you at. Yes, you can find me on Twitter, FightTalk underscore F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. Uh, listen to the Fightful Select Weekender podcast. That's every Sunday, FightfulSelect.com, covering the world of indie wrestling and a whole bunch of other stuff. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy the interview you're about to hear with myself, Jeremy, uh, mainly Jamison Ryan, Diamond Cheek does jump in towards the end. So um, hope you guys enjoy that. And uh, you'll hear about kind of my experience doing commentary for CDW. And of course, their show, we talked about a lot of the matches, a lot of the talent. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. I got to go clock in for the shoot job. And uh, good to see you, Jeremy. Good to see everyone in the chat. You guys have a happy Thursday. Thank you, as always, Jensen. Guys, we are going to get to our creator spotlight. There we go the dad look uh we're gonna get to our creator spotlight here in a second but i am gonna put everything over here um i have a nice little pink title there it's a, sh- a shout out to Haley and kelly from tag talk everyone go to fightful overbooked watch tag talk uh go to fightful overbooked and watch strong style in like an hour uh, i'll plug that at the end but i'm gonna put over steven jensen i don't actually like him so i do this when he's off the air so that way he doesn't know that i say these nice things about him jensen did commentary for 
uh, district championship wrestling this past week. That'll be on their YouTube. You can go to the link below in the description on the YouTube that that show will be up uh, pr- pretty soon within the next couple of days. I believe they're uploading that to the YouTube. Jensen did commentary for four, four matches on the show by all accounts did a great job. I'm very happy that, that Steven Jensen got this opportunity. He follows so much independent wrestling um, and knows everyone that was on this show has seen I'm sure all of their matches is just so smart when it, when it comes to this stuff. And I'm very happy that he got this opportunity to do commentary. Uh, I hope he does more. It sounds like he will do more basically anytime he wants to with, uh, with championship district wrestling. Cause they, they enjoyed having him. So we talked to Jameson Ryan and yeah, diamond Sheik jumps in near the end. They've been on the show before. If you were a longtime viewer of this program, you've seen them twice. This is their third appearance. This is the first time we've had them on the show after one of their shows. So we got to talk about what happened instead of kind of previewing stuff. Um, and Jameson, always great. J- just a, a fantastic, fantastic person. A lot of fun with him. Uh, once Diamond Sheet gets on, even more fun. We break some big news. Big news about my future in professional wrestling. Yes, apparently I have some type of a future in professional wrestling. Not much of one. But on during this interview, you will learn that I do have a little bit of a future in wrestling. Uh, just a lot of fun with, with, with these guys and talking about the show. We we love them. They're an absolute blast. Uh, so, yeah, we will we'll get to that. Creator Spotlight, Jameson Ryan, and Diamond Sheik. Hope you guys enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to the Spotlight. It is the Creator Spotlight. I'm still Jeremy Lambert. That is still Steven Jensen, and we are joined today by... No, no cards? Here, here we go. Head coach... Of Body Guy University, Posed Malone. It is Jensen Learned. Flex Luger, Arnold Pumpinator, Jacked, Jameson Ryan. There we go. I got yelled at last time for not getting the intro right. I had the no powers ready Nailed to go it. this time. <laughs> Nailed it, brother. That was perfect. Thank you. Thank you. How you guys doing? Good. Doing How great. are you, man? Good. Little sore. My jaw hurts pretty bad. Like Jensen can tell you all about that. Yeah. Yeah, I can. Yeah. And, and, uh, just right off the bat. So, you know, championship district wrestling, they had a show. This was, um, well this past weekend, but y'all will see it. Can you announce when, when, and where that's going to be right now? Uh, it should be up in the next couple of days. We haven't really used the hard camp since the first show. Um, we didn't want to really go too far off from what we've been doing, but we did use a hard camp for four specific matches. Um, so we're having that edited together and then we'll be able to get it uploaded hopefully by the weekend at the latest. That'll be on the the YouTube channel, the Championship District Wrestling YouTube channel. Um, yes. So and you can find the all the links below. on all the social media. The, the, the link is series. in the description. Go check out the YouTube channel. Yes. So um that it was a great live experience. I talked about it uh, quite a bit on the weekender podcast for everyone over on Fightful Select. Y'all can check that out. Um I want to give a quick shout out to Gerard and Brandon, the guys on commentary, um, Jameson and Sheik were uh, gracious enough to let me commentate three matches during the show. And um, those guys were awesome. Like they made it just super easy, like for me to like just jump in with those guys. And uh, so the, the whole crew and like everyone that I talked to, like any wrestler that I talked to, anyone that was on the staff, even the bartender, like everyone was super friendly. And it was a, it was overall like a really great live experience. My buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good dude. Yeah, no, man, that's, uh, there was no complaints from Gerard or Brandon, so you must have done pretty well. Oh, that's good. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah, they were super nice. I told them, I was like, man, I, I I don't do commentary, but, like, I'm willing to try. 
and just told them, I don't want to step on anyone's toes. Just if you, if I have an opening to say something, like I'll go for it. And they were great at like, kind of like teeing it up for me too. Like when it was like a good time to jump in and stuff. Um, and yeah, they were really, really yeah, nice. They're, they're two of my favorite commentators. Um, I think they're two of the best commentators not signed to a TV show at the moment. Uh, the biggest thing with them is they're just wrestling fans. So they're just two guys that love to watch wrestling that are getting to watch wrestling and they can speak eloquently and uh, just project what's going on in the ring and convey it. You don't even have to watch the match. You can just listen to their commentary and you understand everything going on. I want to first off say Diamond Sheik is for some reason late. I assume fashionably late. Uh, you, know the man. He's, you know, we just had a show on Sunday, so he's <laughs> got to go celebrate his victory, retaining his title in Austin Green's NFC title. Uh, I think he's off in the Bahamas or the Caribbeans or wherever he goes. What, what what are we doing here? Where Where is he? This is my guy, Diamond Sheik, the main event, the man I come to see, and he stands me up. I'm not hey, happy with that. You're the richest man in professional wrestling. You get to kind of do whatever you want, you know? I guess. I guess. Not happy with him, though. If he's here, I'll but yell hey, when he shows you know, up. I know I'm no Diamond Sheik, but second place plays. You got Jack Jameson <laughs> dying right here for you guys. Once you again. are my you are my second favorite of the two men who are on this show. Well, <laughs> it's, about as, it's about as good as it's gonna get, I guess. <laughs> uh, all right, let, I gotta ask about this because the end of the show, Billy Gunn made the save last time we had you on. You mentioned Billy Gunn was backstage, Daddy Ass is backstage, and he, you see him and he's like, "I thought you guys were like gonna ask it to do something. I was ready to go and everything." This one. This show comes around, end of the show, makes the save for QT Marshall, setting up a tag team match. How did this come about? Did you just, Billy, let's go. We didn't ask him. Just 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 ran out. So here's the deal. Uh, Nobody's seen this yet. Uh, We're going to have it on the YouTube show. There is backstage footage. Those CYN guys, they came in. They wrecked shot backstage. They took out all the Nightmare Factory trainees right before the match. Um, you'll see the camera crew caught it on the tail end. They came running up behind them because we heard there was noise going on up there. Uh, they ran in. They saw them taking out all the Nightmare Factory guys led by Fodder, followed up by August Duke and Space Cowboy. Uh, they, you know, they just wrecked shop. They took everybody out. They wanted no chance. They knew what they were doing from the start. They knew EC3 was there. They hit him from everybody. He came in through the back. They So they took out the locker room. Nobody was going to be able to save QT. Luckily, Billy was there for QT. Um, just hiding out in the back, making sure nobody could see him. You know, daddy ass, everybody wants to come get an autograph and a picture. He's trying to watch the match. So he's got to be hidden. He ended up being there and ran out, saved QT. You know, they're both the two of the coaches over at the Nightmare Factory. Um, so I'm sure Billy was there to see some of the students. But luckily for QT, he was there and ran them off. Um, another thing that you will see on the show is they did make the challenge. Uh, Billy and QT versus Fodder and EC3 at the next show, December tw- or December 18th, 12-18. The show's going to start at 1. Usually we start around 3, 4 o'clock. It's an early start time, 1 p.m. Uh, but that's going to be a match you can't miss. I mean, the leader of CYN, vice president of AEW, the leader of the factory, the leaders of the Nightmare Factory, the guy in charge of CYN. I mean, how does it get bigger than that, you know? Yeah. Well, and speaking of big, you know, so full disclosure, when I was coming into the show um, on Sunday, I just happened to show up at the same time Billy Gunn did. He was walking in with QT and for I'll say right off the bat, QT deceptively large, like, you know, like you in TV doesn't, oh, do yeah, justice, man. you know, he's a he's great dude. Dude. people don't realize 
And but, he moves around really well, too. Oh, he really does. Absolutely. Like he doesn't rate. get enough credit. Um, but Billy Gunn is fucking gigantic. Like, that's no joke. <laughs> like, that dude, like, like I, you know, I, I know on TV, like, I always grew up watching him on WWF, obviously. And, like, when, you know, he, he was, like, an obviously an above average size guy. But, like, now it, like, really shows when he's, like, AEW nowadays. He's clearly, like, humongous. And I've always heard, if you ever got to see this guy up in person, like, he's huge. I was, I was, you know, right up next to him and i was like oh my god yeah this guy's so i just want to give i wanted to just confirm that billy gunn in person gigantic yeah no i got uh i got a talking to for the way i treated our senior official paul santa after my match which you did commentary for so you can touch on that too but you know billy wasn't a big fan of the way that i treated the ref and he let me know and i'm not gonna lie my pants may have needed to be changed <laughs> Oh man. You get dressed out by Billy Gunn. Yeah, you yeah. did something wrong. What so yeah. why did you why did you go after the official? I see that so you guys sent me results and I see yep. that you lost. What what happened? Were you distracted by Steven Jensen? I, no, I saw Jensen. He was cheering us on, which I do appreciate. He was hitting all the BGUs with us. I, I was. I was no, no, I had to I had to do a real commentary though. I I they asked me how, you know, kind of some some uh they so Brandon and Gerard did a great job kind of bringing up that we've interviewed you and stuff in the past. So like, they're like, you know, Jameson pretty well. What do you think it kind of, you know, becoming part of BGU is all about. And I, I said something along the lines of like, you know, just the, the willingness to become jacked, you know, like that's a big part of it. Um, putting in the work and those kind of things. But I, but I also <laughs> said, don't know how trustworthy the guy is. Like based on like the first show, especially, I mean, don't know if you can trust him. So Oh, I mean, I'm trying to get ahead in the business too, you know. So <laughs> yeah. I like to give people opportunities on the show, but if I got an opportunity, I'm going to take an opportunity. It, it, it might come across funny too, because like depending on what you see or whatever, like I'm, I'm clearly like into the show as like a fan, so I'm like sitting there on commentary, and I am like you know marking out doing like the stuff, but I'm like not a heel commentator, you know what I mean? So I'm like. It's kind of, I'm kind of in between, I guess. If, if, I mean, if that's wrestling now, though. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I might be a bad guy in terms of the championship district wrestling shows and the other shows that I perform on. But in terms of bad guy, like, do I treat you guys bad? No, I love coming no. out here and talking to right. you guys. Uh, in my mind, it's just the fans mostly, and then some of the other talents in the locker room get jealous because of how attractive and good-looking I am and how come <laughs> me and Paul are one of the best tag teams on earth right now. We've only been doing this for about a year, so I think it's a little bit of jealousy on everybody else's part. Not so much I'm a bad guy, you know, and then, you know, they, they just kind of disgust me a little bit. They're just... <laughs> They're just gross, man. It's not my fault that they're <laughs> gross. That's not, not on me. So why 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 were you upset with the with the ref? Oh, this this motherfucker. He's been <laughs> he's been training to be a ref at the Nightmare Factory with me since I started training to wrestle. Right, we're good, we're buddies. We've traveled on the road together. He's been in our car, you know. Uh, and I give him this opportunity to be our head ref. Just first person I thought of immediately. The only person that can ref our main events has got to be Paul Santa. And now these past couple shows, I feel like he's been giving me the business a little bit. You know what I mean? I'm signing his checks. Me and Sheik are paying him. We're giving him all these opportunities, these big matches with these TV stars that he gets to be in. And what does he do? He gives me attitude because I take a little too long in the corner because maybe me and Bull take a little too long to get out of the ring. It's my ring. I don't have to get out if I'm not ready to get out of it. And on Sunday, he just crossed the line a little too much, got in Bull's face a little bit too much about what we were doing. 
I didn't appreciate it. And ultimately, him arguing with Bull about the whole thing gave Dylan Lesson, that little snake, an opportunity to put a chain around his fish, which has been his MO since day one. He's been doing that since the first day. So the fact that Paul didn't see it is a little, hmm, to me, because he should have known it was coming. Which he is was why wearing, he was wearing the chain while he wrestling. Absolutely yeah. knocked me out flat because that chain mm -hmm. on his fist, I promise yeah. you. If I would have saw him coming, it would have been lights out for him. Yeah, that's true. I mean, everything Jameson's saying is, is very true. Um, he had the chain around his neck while he was wrestling. It was pretty clear. Like, he shouldn't have had well, that around his neck. We'll put it on him as, no, as, no, I know, but still right for so maybe that is our fault in the end i don't i mean i mean sometimes you do cause some of your own your own problems here that's true i we saw one of the biggest pops of the night was a referee stunner that was pretty awesome yeah i mean up until up until that main event that's that was probably <laughs> pop of the night people love seeing paul hit that stunner he only does yeah. it on occasion he did do it on the nfc show which i was proud of him for doing because the business was giving him the business and he should have stood up for himself the difference is this is my show and we're the ones paying you. So he should have just shut his mouth and did what I told him to. So now he had to finish the rest of that night out. No pay because he's under contract. And now next month he's suspended. No pay. Wow. Coming up, I told him Christmas is coming up. He needs the money for presents. These are extra jobs for him. Help pay the bills. Got to learn a lesson. No presents this year for Paul's family. Sorry. Wow. Now you're Good you're part. healing on, on Paul here. Now, Jameson, I love you, but... This is not. I'm. I don't. I don't approve of this. Billy Gunn should have talked down for, down to you for this. Well, don't worry. He, <laughs> put the fear of God in this one. <laughs> He's got to do it again so we can get Paul some presents for Christmas. The the uh, Scrooge over here. Everybody some presents for Christmas. <laughs> would Would Billy Gunn be accepted? Like to body guy university what course would billy gunn ah, billy gunn wouldn't even have to try out to be in body guy university the thing is we would have to try out to get billy gunn into body guy university and ultimately i think he just doesn't care for our attitudes all that much and uh a little too much scissoring for bgu <laughs> a little too much of this going on i don't know where he finds the time to work out so much with all the scissoring he's got going on but has billy gunn given you like body advice no, no, but I did I did get the uh, pleasure of getting to set up the Nightmare Fitness Gym with him and QT. So getting to set up a whole gym with Billy Gunn and QT Marshall was pretty awesome for me. How, how's the gym going, by the way? Because I've heard good things, uh, a lot of good things so far about it. It's going really well, man. They're, uh, they're about to wrap up their third camp. Uh, that show will actually be on the 18th before our show, um, I believe. That's not... Confirm, yeah, it doesn't matter. You're not allowed to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. So, so that's, in, that's, in, that's in house only. Yeah, that's uh, just the student shows. You are, uh, they're, they're the ones that they load up on the YouTube, I believe. Oh, on sure. The family YouTube, so they're yeah. the showcase shows. Um, but it is everybody's first show, so it's a private event. Sure, that's understandable. No marks. No, no. How did EC3 and the, the Control Your Narrative guys like get get in? I mean, I know some of them worked the show, but how did how did EC3 get in? You can't miss this guy. So, I mean, I don't want to give away too much, but Black Magic Supply Supplement Company, one of the best out there right now, one that I personally use. It is owned by Psycho Boy Fodder. Um, maybe we are <laughs> or are not friends. Maybe oh. I'm friends with all the CYN guys. Maybe not. I don't know. It's, it's okay. weird. I don't know how they got in. It's 
Okay. Maybe QT was <laughs> the sheet got her opening show and stole a hundred thousand dollar watch. I don't know. There's a lot of maybes. Okay. Wow. There's a feeling wow. a lot of seeds are being planted right now. Yeah. I I wouldn't I trust really, them. I'm just letting I you know. know. I wouldn't trust them. Ah, uh, I mean, you know, it's it's a uh, trust is a two way street, and so is looking the other way. When, when somebody's <laughs> I, got something going on here, maybe I let you in this door only because when I open up this door. I mean, if you take like two, like you take Jameson who's untrustworthy, and then you match that with EC3 who's untrustworthy, the two untrustworthies together become trustworthy to one another, potentially, I feel like. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. My enemy Dude, Jameson's my totally going to join CYN. Like, this is totally happening. I could, I, I feel like this is happening. This is something's happening here. Jameson, Jameson's about to turn his back on, on all of us. He already kind of has, but he's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna get even deeper. I feel I'm still like. facing me right now. My back is to the door. <laughs> oh no, 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 not, not. Well, <laughs> we're, we're, we're cool, but I'm talking about the rest of the the C, CDW. Um, uh, the only here. people, the only people that are really ever safe uh, when it comes to me and my trust would be Coach Bull, Big Trouble Ben Bishop, the Diamond Sheik. And now Quattro Cabezas, who's the newest yep. member of BGU, because he impressed the hell out of us. Yeah, Quattro Cabezas did did very well. Hey, speaking of uh, big trouble, you can ask Parkerly about how well trust works. Sorry, what was that? It just lied for just a second. You can ask uh, former BGU member Parker Lee how oh, trust works. If right, you our first show. That's he right. found out real quick. Yeah, he was on this show as well. Um, part of the tag team open challenge. He was. He lost to the Diamond Sheik. He did impress, though. He was, I tell you what, him and Caleb, there was a second I thought they were going to take down Austin together. Like, nobody, nobody takes down Austin. Austin is a monster. And the two of them were rocking and rolling. They had Sheik on his toes. They had Austin reeling. It was real close. But in the end, how do you beat Austin Green and Diamond Sheik? Yeah. Well, and Austin Green, I don't know if, if you've seen much of him, Jeremy, but, like, he's really impressive as far as, like, he he's, like, 4-0 and um, in professional MMA, and he, like, fights out of, like, the same area in Atlanta, like, even the same building, right? Like, they've done shows inside inside that same... Yeah, they, we, uh, we co-partner with uh, NFC Fights. They run their shows usually the night before. They didn't do it this time, um, but he is their heavyweight champion. So, so like the MMA title was on the line in the open tag team challenge. So like if the, if, so that's, I was talking about that on commentary. I was like, if one of these dudes wins this MMA title, I hope they have some MMA experience because now they're the, the well, heavyweight champion. That's, it is interesting because the show, the NFC fight show that I was talking about, Paul did the stunner in the MMA show ring that actually happened to be, it was Parker versus Caleb, which is where their mutual bond started originally is just out of respect for that. You know, they've, they're, they date back to training in Oregon with Dr. Luther. They they have a long history. They've they've fought each other. They've teamed together. It seems that fight brought something out of them. They want to work together again. It seems like they're a pretty good team. Just wasn't enough to stop Austin Green and Diamond Sheik. That, that's awesome. I love I love the concept of like overlapping MMA and pro wrestling as like one big kind of over overarching story. Yeah, they like, still hand in hand, man. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Um, and, and, and Austin Green, I, I think there's a really bright future for him. I actually talked to him really briefly as I was leaving the show about uh, coming on for an interview sometime soon because I, I really like to hear more about him. Absolutely, um, man. He, he lives a crazy life. His background, his history, he's, he's, he is a legitimate threat to your health and life. I, I can't wait to hear more. And also, one, one oh, sorry, Jeremy, I can tell you one. Someone else I wanted to bring up before I forgot because you mentioned him is Big Trouble. That's another guy that I just feel like once here like, comes yeah. trouble, big once, trouble, Ben Bishop. 
that's our guy, man. The second me and Bull met Ben, we knew he was BGU for life. Dude, that guy, I, I feel like once the world kind of knows about him, he's going to be like, like Jeremy, I don't know if you've seen this guy, but like, he's another one just, they, they, there's a lot of these like under the radar, like just big athletic dudes that are, that are on these shows that like, I are just like really well kept secrets. Six foot, 12 inches, 15% of a metric ton, big trouble, Ben Bishop. I love it. That's how he's announced to the ring. <laughs> and he beat, uh, he beat, he defended his Invictus Pro Wrestling title, which shout out to Invictus for letting us have Ben defend his title on our show. That was awesome of them. They didn't have to do that. It was really cool. It's their social media title. Um, he defeated uh, Noel and King Cole, Jai Cole, the big boys, man. Cole's yeah. about 400 pounds. Noel's like six foot seven. Noel was discovered by David Crackett himself. Uh, but big trouble, man. BGU strong, able to pull out that victory in that huge triple threat. Over a thousand pounds in that ring. Oh, I turned to my buddy and I was like, all three of these guys are like four times my size and all twice as fast as I am. Like it, like they're <laughs> like athletes. You know what I mean? It, it was yeah. it was fun to watch. That was a really fun uh, triple threat match. Yeah, that See, was I awesome, love, man. I love hearing about these shows and then going back and checking them out. And I assume this is like the goal and you can answer you can answer this jameson but like you've got name people you've got qt you've got the great suicide the legend the tna video game legend suicide uh you've got cole carter a little piece of shit (laughs) (laughs) you've got cole carter who's been on AEW, angelina love like you have people who casual fans they actually had an interaction in the main event cole had to drag angelina off yeah i'm telling you you guys gotta watch this show there you go. So, like, you you have people who regular fans have probably heard of or maybe seen on, you know, AW Impact Television stuff, and then now I'm I'm hearing about. I remember last time you guys were on, you're putting over uh, Austin Green and like his MMA work and everything. And I loved when I asked you for results last time, Jameson. You just put in there Austin Green beat up everyone in an open challenge. Like yeah, that was, like was 10 your people. Yeah, that was your highlight. <laughs> you just beat up everyone. <laughs> That's you just call it like you see it, man. And really, there's there's not too many words to describe that match. He just beat up everyone. Yeah, they, uh, Brandon and uh, Gerard were talking on when we were on commentary during when when Austin was in the ring. Uh, they were like undefeated here, and I said something like, "Yeah, I think he's like 15 and 0 because he beat like 10 guys at the last show alone, and like there's like <laughs> four out true. there." Yeah. That's true. Everybody else is about, you know, three or four matches yeah. in shows because there's only been three or four, but Austin's had about two years worth of experience. So what's it like when you, you asked to, to try to do like with the MMA title, the NFC title, and then the, the Invictus pro, the social media championship, uh, working with these companies to utilize their titles on, on your show. You know what, man, I think it goes back to like the territory days where like the companies work together it just expands business. It expands uh, exposure. It just helps get the name out there. Uh, their titles on our show, our, their, you know, our show has their title. So it's a good way for their fans to see our show. It's a good way for our fans to check out their show. Um, we are talking to Ben about maybe getting with Invictus and possibly doing like a ch- talent swap, uh, maybe something like CYN, how we strongly feature CYN on the shows. Um, you know, maybe bring in some other companies, people, you know, Invictus or whatever other companies out there are interested in working with us. Um, I think the whole forbidden door thing is super cool. I like seeing the other companies work together. I like seeing the competitiveness. I think it gives it a little bit more competition feel as opposed to just these guys on your show versus these guys on your show. Now you're bringing in whole different people from a whole different locker room that don't get to spend that time together. It builds up a lot more animosity. You know, sometimes you get the same guys in the locker room 
even if they have beef, there's that little bit of respect level there. You guys take care of each other. You bring in somebody from a couple states away that's never worked with any of these people. They don't give a shit. They're just going to start throwing. Uh, tell me about getting suicide because you have to you have to play a video game to like get him. So did you have to go through the the story mode to unlock him to bring him into? This is how you get him. This is who is suicide. I'm telling you, I did it. It was a pain in the ass. It took me <laughs> a whole case of Mountain Dew and about three joints. It was not easy. <laughs> I love that. That was another one. That was um, that was something I when I when I did my kind of my, my recap the the night after the night of actually um that was something i was i was like really grateful for was that you you let me commentate a suicide match that's just like wild to me like just watching that dude as long as i have regardless of who's been under the mask over and over and you never know who suicide is or what he's about suicide like, suicide it's only suicide, suicide. Yeah. it's only yeah it's just, it's just suicide yeah but like it just it's just really it was cool like i actually brought that up on commentary as well it was like man i remember playing this guy in, in a video game like before he was even on the show like so and then uh barry morales is also really impressive um he draws like obviously like really strong comparisons to, like juventud guerrera which as a wcw fan growing up that's like the highest compliment i can give one of the best cruiserweights you know ever um and the two of them had a great match so that was like that was really cool to be able to call that not not just the fact that it was two guys that I, i'm really big fan of but like the match itself was was really really good yeah, Vary Vary's one of the coaches at the Nightmare Factory. He helps out there a little bit. Um, I like to give him shit because we have difference of opinions sometimes on uh, how much moves matter or not. And, you know, I think there's a little more character work involved. He likes to tell me character work is important, but you still got to get better in the ring. And I like to go like this. And, you know, but he is he is incredible in the ring. He's he's amazing. I, you know, we're always going to book him on our shows, even if he is sometimes an ass and a pain to deal with in the <laughs> locker room. He's got to start fights on his own. He's got a lot of heat back there and you know he's not he's not afraid to tell somebody exactly what he's thinking he's just gonna say it and if you want to fight he'll throw it down with anybody so who would you guerrera similar in the back as well it sounds like okay there there is there is rumors out there that he may or may not be Juventude's son Wait, I'm pretty sure AEW spread those rumors with their YouTube show oh because I know he's done I know he's done some AEW as well yeah, yeah. so um, and also Cole, Cole Carter, um, is another one. Like, it was really cool to see him like up front. Cause I get to see him obviously on AEW TV pretty regular at this point, but you can just tell another guy just like with a ton of potential that hasn't even like, hasn't even put it all together yet, but is like already like really, really good. And just, just really just impressive looking person as well. Right. Like you just see him and you're like, this guy could be a star like right away, you know? Yeah. Cole's a, Cole's a stud, man. That dude's he's, he's just a friggin' horse. He's, He's tall as hell. He's jacked. He's shredded. He's a good looking guy. Actually, the uh, we have Oh Snap Ellie Mac on Instagram. Quick shout out. She takes pictures backstage. She does the uh, yeah, uh, you know, the graphic pics in front of the screen. And she was telling us afterwards, she was like, Man, that Cole Carter, that's something. We're like, <laughs> she was like, Hey, he's just built. He's he's just a good looking dude. And she was like, I asked him jokingly if he's ever done any modeling because he was just crushing his photos, and he was like, yeah, I, I worked for Calvin Klein. Whatever, just <laughs> like no big deal. Just just brush that under the rug, you know. But yeah, That's man, awesome. he's 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 insane in the ring, and I think under training underneath QT and being in the factory, I think that's the best way for him to go. And you'll see him on top very soon. Yeah. Did he have Did he have the Sting gear with him? Uh he did not. But oh. it it's hidden in his gym bag somewhere. 
That is awesome, though. Luther, Luther has told me, you mentioned Dr. Luther. Uh, Luther has told me that Cole Carter, they wanted him in Chaos Project. He was too pretty, and they needed to rough him up a little bit for him to be a full-time member of Chaos Project. Yeah, that was that was a few months ago. I remember Luther told me that story, too. Luther was, yeah. he really wanted to get him in there. I think it would have been good. Um, those guys, their, their style might be a little different from uh, old Calvin Klein, Cole Carter, but <laughs> I think he would have yeah. done well with them as well. Yeah, and another another thing about this show that I haven't even brought up, I, I didn't put it in the results, and I, I haven't told Jeremy yet, but it, there was a blindfold match during the show, and and I no like okay, probably the the best like most well done fireball I've seen thrown in a wrestling ring. Like it was like a good fire. It wasn't one of those like it didn't come across like. It was a nice fireball, so I really wanted to to shout that out too because I've seen that go wrong so many times, and to see like a real good one, like I, I don't know, I respected that. Yeah, that's uh, that's the second time August has illegally shot a fireball at Frankie. <laughs> uh, luckily for Frankie, this time he was able to throw his leg up, kick it up in August's face, and he got the advantage, took the win home. Uh, but what happens again? Here comes Cyn, and they jacked Frankie up big time. Yes, it was a really good blindfold match, by the way. Like those are those can be so hit or miss, but I really, I really thought it was it was super really entertaining. Well uh, it gave me vibes of uh, Roberts and uh, Martel. Martel, I love that so match. How... I think it did a great job, Frankie. Frankie, there there is one spot in the match I'm going to give away. It has been posted on Instagram all over the place already. It was a pretty pretty fame popular spot, uh, but he had he got a hold of August somehow. Body slammed him twice. He went over the corner. He was measuring. You know, he felt from August to the corner. He was lining it up, went to the top rope, went for a frog splash, and just overshot by about 10 feet and just busted <laughs> his face. And that was something. I mean, I value an effort, and I, I respect it. And uh, But, you know, maybe not the best idea to go to the top rope in a blindfold match. <laughs> what kind of – because you're, you're in the venue. You're renting out the venue and everything. What precautions have to be taken when you know there's a possibility – of a fireball that could be shot here. Uh, you know, the fire marshals are on staff and we actually don't have to rent the venue. Shout out to district Atlanta. Uh, I actually work there. Um, okay. uh, bartend there. I do some security as well. Um, but you know, the, the management and owners there and the, the entire staff, everybody has been so cool. They, they like the wrestling shows. They used to do them back in the day. They know that I'm a wrestler. Um, they love the shows. They think they're entertaining. So big shout out to district Atlanta for letting us do these. So you just have to have the fire marshal there because you don't have to give away any secrets, but because they've shot a fireball before, you know, it's a possibility for this one. So you got to have precautions there to make sure. I assume they don't want the place burned down. Exactly. And by fire marshal, I mean, ring crew and a fire marshal jagging. <laughs> <No, no. That's laughs> right? We had an actual fire marshal there. We had you know, there was there. There was an ambulance on hand. You got to figure things go on. Are <laughs> are are most of the people that work there wrestlers or like wrestlers in training? Because like like the dude behind the bar was a big guy. Uh, there's the bartender who looks like Roman Reigns that y'all have had on the shows. Um, you know, like there's like Jamie. I'm telling you, like there's the these bartenders that are walking around this place all look like they could be on these shows. Brother, it's Body Guy University Central. Nobody's coming <laughs> in there looking like shit. Everybody's gonna be good looking jacked up big boys everybody's gonna be able to defend themselves that's how we roll man 
BGU style. <laughs> yeah. I mean, other stuff on this show. Angelina Love. It was cool to see her live. Um, Seven-time uh, women's champion Angelina Love taking on the face of the company and Helico Risk. What a match. Yep. And I've, I've been able to see Risk um, quite quite a bit through Battle Slam. So it's been cool to see her a lot more uh, recently. Um, same with, I always have such a hard time with her name, but Ashley Dambois. Is that how you pronounce it? Dambois? Um, but I see her at all the Battle Slam shows also. And I told her after after the CDW show, I was like, you rule, like, you're, I, I, she's gonna, I think she's gonna be really big. Like, I, I, I really like her a lot. There was a lot of really great women's talent on the show, is kind of where I'm getting at. Um, so yeah, we all we believe in featuring the women's talent. They're they're all incredible. So it's why not feature them, man? That's the the three the three way tag match that that was something they got a little wild in that one. Um, but they're all great talents, and we love featuring them all. And we're gonna keep doing our best to just keep giving you know as many opportunities to the women's wrestlers as we can as well because they deserve it. Plain and yeah. simple, you know. Absolutely. Wouldn't- were there any scheduling stuff for, for this one? Because I know one, it was Thanksgiving. WrestleCade had a big weekend as well. Anything you are hoping to do on this show that schedules may have conflicted and now you can kind of potentially do in December? Nah, man. Everybody loves CDW. They want to be on the show, so everybody clears their schedule. <laughs> no, it's, uh, I mean, it's wrestling. So, you know, if there's something you want to do and it doesn't work out, you just do something different. I, I largely ask the talents that we feel can perform the best. We believe everybody we put on our shows is going to give you the best show they can, no matter what. So every time you come in for a show, you're going to see something incredible, no matter who's on the card. I largely ask because the renegade twins or have been kind of staples and they had the, the big thing with an angelic risk last time. And they were not on this show. Cause I believe they were at WrestleCade, and I didn't know if there was a scheduling conflict there. And then we will see next month. We will see this feud continue. So there have been rumblings amongst Nightmare Factory that uh, the two of them have been discussing potentially a last woman standing match because they have gotten to that point where it's just, you know, I mean, they since day one, they haven't been allowed to train in the same ring because of how bad it gets. The shows, they've been going at it. You know, the Renegades jumped and Helica Risk on the last show that they were there. Um, there was beef backstage in the locker room that people didn't get to see that went down that got heated. They had to be separated by pretty much the entire locker room. It was, they were throwing down. There, were, there was some blood back there. It got pretty intense. Um, so that's things have gotten to the point where we think it just needs to come down to whoever's left on their feet is the better one. And this just needs to be an end of it. Jameson, you got to get the locker room on it. You've got the women fighting. You're saying Vari's coming back. No problems, man. My referees don't even listen. <laughs> Your ref is getting out of control. What is happening in this locker the talent room? we pay to come wrestles, punching me in the face with weapons. This show's getting out of control, man. There's fireballs. I don't know what to do. People were people were DMing me trying to punch Steven Jensen. I don't think anybody <laughs> actually ended up hitting him, but I got plenty of DMs. Be like, let me know. I'll, I'll punch him. My price was not <laughs> very high to, to hit him. And like I I, I assume everybody I, likes you know the, the only person punching Jensen on my show is going to be me if it happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of them, this is kind of funny. Jensen, Jensen's got the protection of BGU until he does it. You know oh, I mean? yeah. There, there's the trust thing again. Hey, I, 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 uh, funny, funny thing is, I, I was standing you know, at the bar, um, because it was, you know, close by to the ring to get to commentary. And while I was standing there, um, the dude who was working the bar, what was his name? Say Diego. Was the guy Diego. behind the bar? Diego. Really nice guy. Um, he, at one point he walked up, he was holding like 
a big uh like a big bar stool with like like supplies for the bar and i felt them like like someone like hit kind of the back of my leg while i was standing there and i turned around like thinking it was someone jeremy had talked to i was like someone is someone <laughs> is someone messing with me right now and diego was just like oh my bad dude like i just gotta get around and i was like okay it's just it's the cool bartender like it's nobody <laughs> but i actually like someone kind of hit me and i was like is that is that who jeremy was talking to so maybe trust with me and my roster you guys don't even have trust <laughs> Jeremy's sending assassins after yes, absolutely. Everyone know that's that's my thing on here. I'm trying to pit everybody against everybody. I'm trying to take everyone out. So there's nobody yeah, less than wrestling media but me. me. You should go look in the mirror, buddy. <laughs> oh, I look in the mirror all the time. I'm I'm not afraid to admit it. This is why I understand where you're coming from, Jameson, because I'm all very right, similar. Right, thanks, I, see, maybe maybe Jeremy needs to be a BGU. Maybe you're the next one. <laughs> I do not work out nearly get you a little more jacked, but the, the mindset is there. <laughs> I think I do have the mindset, not jacked at all. I'm chasing kids around all day. That uh, I get good cardio, absolutely no strength or anything like Cardio's that. Cardio is important, but then again, Parker Lee had good cardio, and look what happened to him. <laughs> but very over there, Parker Lee with the with the crowd. You uh, have everybody, known. every show in Georgia, the fans love Parker Lee. That's that's one of the reasons why we kicked him out of BGU. He's just <laughs> everybody just loves him too much. We hated it. We don't want to hear that. <laughs> See, no one. I'd fit in. I did again. Mindset good. Nobody really likes me, so I'm I'm good there. You don't have to worry wow, about me. Jump on the train, Jeez. man. Jump on the train. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm gonna be BGU. Here we go. Um, you got to do the thing, Jeremy. It's BGU. Got it. There you go. Boom. There you go. Nail it, buddy. BGU. <laughs> yeah. You got to get a fast one in there too. Sometimes you don't have time to do the whole yeah. thing. <laughs> I don't want to knock my microphone. But uh, and, and speaking of uh, like. Yeah, wait, wait, yeah. okay, hold on, hold on. I got, I got the, I got the B. Go, Jensen. You're, you're. There you go. And James, you got the U. There we go. Yep. There all, it is. There all it is. together. There we go. Oh, there we go. I got the U. Yeah, you got yeah, the yeah. U. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there we go. go. All right, we'll, we'll clip that. Look we'll at that. that. Perfect. We got a picture that. of that. Um, <laughs> another guy, just really quick. We're doing while we're doing our like, like, uh, uh, taunts, I guess. Um, there was a guy uh, on the show, Dylan Lysand. Is that how you pronounce it, Lysand? Dylan oh, Lesson, he's the piece Lesson. of shit that punched me in the face with the yeah, chain fist. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I know. I, I, I want to make sure I pronounce his name right because I talked to him a little bit before the match, and I noticed he was wearing the Face Clan, Face Clan hoodie. And yeah, he's like, a big nerd. Yeah, so I wanted to make sure to give him a shout out on this show today. I know, I know, he knocked you out and all, but um, uh, yeah, he also, to, he also wrestles in thousand dollar Balenciagas. What kind of jackass yeah. wrestles in thousand dollar sneakers? Are you so, kidding me? This is the guy that pinned me in the middle of my own ring. Yes. So and, I don't and like him. I don't like him already. He, no, so his see, Jeremy, you're a BGU. That's dumb. <laughs> well, so the reason I bring him up is because he was he's he I, I follow kind of that gaming world quite a bit, like the esports and stuff yeah, like that. Face clan. And he was like, Man, my biggest dream is to get in face clan. He's like, I just want someone in face clan to notice me. I tag them and all my stuff. I'm trying to be like a trick shot guy for phase clan. And I was like, Yeah, I remember phase banks from back in the day, blah blah. So I was like, you know what? I'll give you a shout out on the show. That's the best I can do. If anyone yeah, from Phase or anyone that could actually the Phase dream is to be the next Logan Paul, but without the wrestling, apparently. <laughs> right. <laughs> but but it also doesn't surprise me that someone wearing a, a Phase a hoodie would also be wrestling in thousand dollar shoes. That kind of goes hand in hand. There there, yeah, there, there is somewhat of a hype beast culture that goes along with wanting to join Phase, but. Yeah, um, yeah, his partner Trip Jordy, he he's always drinking those primes. I think it was wearing the primes. Yeah, yeah, but he was wearing the prime yeah, hoodie. Yeah, market themselves for these companies that they're not sponsored by on my show. <laughs> we're not gonna we're gonna have to blur out all these clothes. That is true. They yeah, they're <laughs> hey, but that's I I like I, I respect I respect the uh 
the effort there to, to get noticed. So yeah, yeah, that's we'll see, we'll see. I think, <laughs> but yeah, I think he did knock out. A little too busy to watch Trip drink his prime. But... <laughs> <laughs> hey, Trip Jordy, shout out Trip Jordy. And Dave Staves, Dave Staves, and too. of he's, course he's a jack meathead. He was too dumb to join BGU one day. He had an opportunity, decided against it. He wants to be good guy, Dave. Good old boring Dave. Go hang out with Trip Jordy and Dylan Lesson. Then you can go drink your primes and play video games. When it was good to see that that Dave's uh, penis has recovered from the last show because he got hit in the dick really badly in the uh, in the tag team gauntlet match. And so, if I had the chance, I would have did it in this one. He just, uh, yeah. Yeah. He's one guy. He doesn't have the mindset, Jeremy. He doesn't have that mindset. That, <laughs> that winner's mindset. Oh, we've we've got... right. Dave's, Dave's more of a Jensen when it comes to. Oh come on, man! <laughs> I'm over here doing the thing. What are you talking about? I told, I told, I told Jeremy. Yeah, but you're you're a nice guy deep down. You're not really BGU material. <laughs> no, you're right, right. Jeremy. You're a fan, but I don't think you have what it takes to be in BGU. That's Just true. like Dave, he's too nice of a guy. Fair. No, Jeremy legitimately starts stuff constantly. I'm trying to show. start like, beef with yeah. everybody. Like I'm trying, to, but see, I'm staying out of it. That's I'm it, trying to pit right. everybody else oh, against each other, so they take right. each other Jeremy, out. Jeremy and Quattro are new tag team. <laughs> that yeah, I like we, it. We have at least audio. We have audio okay. here from Diamond Sheik. Sheik, can Sheik you hear has us? appeared. Do you guys hear me? Yes. yes. Oh, Sheiky, where you been, buddy? You in the the Bermudas, the Bahamas? Come on, pretty mama. It's crazy. I'm in the Dominican Republic right now. Ah, see, I told you he was on vacation. Celebrating. You said it. He was celebrating his big victory yeah, and won. retaining and the title. So. Titles. They won. It's incredible. 100%. 100% celebrating right now. Always celebrating life. Well, congratulations. Right, well, you're about 40 minutes late, so thanks for coming. Everybody have a good interview. <laughs> we'll see you later. <laughs> no, no. Hey, congrats. Congratulations on happy. the win. You should yes. be happy I'm here, okay? First of all, you should I'm be grateful. You. you should be grateful that I'm here. And, of course, I'd show up for my best friend, Jameson Ryan. Yeah, buddy. That was me. That was me, not them. It's all <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, everything's backwards in this country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, how how are you feeling after after your victory? I mean, you defended the title twice. twice. You, and, you and Austin yeah. Green out there just destroying people. Listen, I'm the workhorse of district championship wrestling. Everybody knows that, okay? The the Diamond Sheik will go out there and have five matches in a row and win all of them. That's true. That's true. You got to give it to him, man. You can't. Yeah, that is true. I mean, two matches back-to-back. Again, not only that against people, mystery opponents. They couldn't even prepare for these opponents. Yeah, I couldn't prepare for a single one of those guys. Beat all of them. I, you've got you've got Austin Green watching your back. How much did you how much did you have to pay him to to be your partner there? Was I assume the payoff was good? It's a little personal for Austin. Austin loves I mean, me. Austin loves me. Yeah. Jeremy's Jeremy's pushing buttons today, Sheik. Well, in case you didn't know, I'm BGU. I'm trying to you know get get everybody <laughs> against everybody here. I'm I'm out for Jeremy's out for us. What was, what was that? that Is he trying to flip my bodyguard on me? Is that what you're trying to do? I'm trying to I'm trying to get in. I'm trying to get in with everybody. I'm trying no, no, to play Jeremy, every Jeremy's single time. trying to show that he's a <laughs> shit streamer because he's like yeah. and that's all that we are. <laughs> Listen, a jack of all trades is a master of none. Stick in your lane. Don't try to get into everybody's lane. <laughs> hey. Hey. There you go. 
Oh, she got it. I had such a nice intro for you over here. I got I got the intro for Jameson down perfectly. Uh, I had such a nice intro for you. And then you stood me up. I, I got to admit, I'm a little disappointed that, that you were, I would say, fashionably late, but you, we can't even see you. So I don't He's even know. He's not late. He's rich late. It's fair. Listen, fair. I know you're getting, I know you're getting flashbacks from your prom date standing you up, but I oh, no, I never went to prom. Are you kidding me? Than his wife. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I came in here. I'm on vacation. I didn't have to be here, but I'm like, you know what? I actually like you guys. So I'm like, let me come in here and drop in and just say what's up and see how things are going. Yeah, we, no, I, I wanted to congratulate you on the on the double victories and retain not only and retaining the not just your titles, retaining uh, Austin Green's NFC championship as well, and holding on to all that cash. You had a big briefcase of money that no one can win from you. That's right. And also, I don't know if you've noticed this, but we kind of broke history. I'm the only untrained MMA fighter to defend a title successfully. That, that's facts. Straight facts. That's huge. That's huge. That's yeah. history. History making. That's, that is history breaking, sir. Yes, we do. We do that all the time, right? You can ask my friend over here. Come on, Jameson, tell him. Brother, CYN versus AEW. Come on. J- Jameson, were you okay? Your jaw, you were you were holding your jaw. Well, I'm it's, worried still, about it. it's still clicking. It's not like it's not lined up right. Well, it's that piece of shit that Steven Jensen was trying to put over, and I, I don't appreciate that. Exactly. That's that's exactly it. <laughs> But you know what? Dylan's suspended next year, too. Guy, I don't know if I said that already. Dylan's suspended as well. So there's he can come to the show, he can buy a ticket, he can sit in the front row, but he ain't wrestling. Hang out with the ref. Christmas money gone. There's a guy on commentary no, that looked just like Jensen at our show. Did you guys see that? <laughs> I was trying to get him punched. I was hoping somebody would punch him. Yeah, with friends like that, who needs enemies, right? Yeah, Yeah, I know. I know. I had to watch my back the whole time. The mindset trying to get my friend punched in the face, right? Yeah, see, no friends in this game, Sheik. No friends in this game, that's right. This is the wrestling business, not the friend business. That's right. Listen, I I more than anybody know that there are no friends in this game except for my best friend, Jameson Ryan. That's right. See, same mind right there. Uh, I do want to. I don't want to ask you, Sheik. We we saw when when we had you on. Uh, I think it was your first appearance, the first time you guys were on. We talked about the boss, the biggest boss, Rick Ross, and then we saw him on AEW television. Did you get a, a pay cut off of that? Because I believe you deserve it. Listen, there's this nice little publication called Fightful. They got this article you can read about how I was getting Rick Ross into wrestling three months before that even happened. So to say that this was. Unforeseen. I don't think so. You know, that's right. Good. I I wrote the article. I hope you got something off of that. <laughs> you know what it 100%. is. percent. I think you caught some on vacation. He's a little heated right now. Your questions are coming off. That's a little intruding. He's trying to relax. You gotta let the big guy do his thing. You know. I appreciate Listen, guys. The, I'll tell you this: the only outcome is income. <laughs> I appreciate that. That Sheik showed up off of his double victory and i i want to see you know jameson you get all the credit for being the the beautiful one of of the duo here but sheik is also a beautiful man and he's he's got all the luxury around him i i just miss seeing his face so i apologize oh, in this empty room with jeremy you're gonna have to the buy me dinner first come on <laughs> come on man do you know how much sean ross app does not pay me i can't afford oh, i have to get to mcdonald's oh, that's about it oh god McDonald's, hey. that's disgusting that's peasant food 
that's all I can afford, man. Look at Jameson. Does it look like we eat McDonald's? Jameson, when's the last time you ate fast food? Uh, yesterday. Two decades ago. Two decades ago. I had fast food yesterday. I had cheetah steak. What? Cheetah steak? <laughs> yeah, we, ate a, we, we hunted and, and ate a cheetah. Does that count? It was pretty fast. You caught it? I mean, I shot they it. Have those in Costa Rica? Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, it was already gosh. drank, so that helped. <laughs> okay. Guys, what's on what's on tap for, for December? December 18th is the next show. Let's get one o'clock. Make sure I get the start time right. Uh, what's on tap for December? We got uh, the workhorsemen are booked. We're not going to tell them what they're doing yet, though, because I'm still mad at them about two shows ago. Right. They, uh, they got a victory over me. A little annoyed about that. So they're in, a, they're in for a big surprise. Uh, we have a battle royal going on. Big battle royal. This one is very important because the winner of this battle royal will go on to main event in January against the former NXT tag team champion, making his return for, to wrestling since leaving the WWE. So this is a massive deal for whoever wins this run for Battle Royal. Battle Royal, not a run, Battle Royal. Sheik, who are, you, who are you defeating on December 18th? Anybody that stands in front of me. You want to you wanna try? You want to try your hand at that? Huh? No, I, I like you. I know I might be coming off harsh, but of I like you, you. Everybody likes the winner. Come on. Yeah, exactly. If you want like an easier night than you usually have, because I know you just defeat everybody with ease, I'll gladly just take take the fall and you know, as long as I'm getting paid. You know what? I'll I'll tell you free. this. It's the it's the holiday season. It's the season for giving. I heard that maybe Santa Claus might show up. He's a good friend of mine and give everybody in the audience maybe something very valuable. So there is wow. a good chance. That Santa and his elves and the reindeer will be in the building to give every one of our CDW fans exactly what they deserve. 100%. That's a chic guarantee. Now everybody has to show it. Santa is going to be there. Stop trying to piece it together. That guy (laughs) does me a personal favor anyway because I financed his sleigh. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, chic actually owns 50% of the North Pole. It's actually 51%. Oh, congratulations. 50% of anything. Congratulations. The old man sold out. <laughs> hey, right. she, she had a, a quick question for you. Uh, two What's shows that? ago, uh, Carly Bravo, you you retained the title over Carly, but I feel like, are you done with him or is there unfinished business there still after you know, the, the show before last? Listen, Carly and I, we can love each other. We can hate each other, but we damn sure respect each other, especially after going to battle together. You can't say that we don't. I think that I opened his eyes. I opened everybody's eyes. You saw that I wasn't just a pushover and that I could get in the ring and I could do damage. All right. That being said, I don't think that anybody's story is ever finished until they leave their boots in that ring. So anything could happen. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was, I was, I was, yeah, I was, I was, I was wondering about that. Also, we wanted to just uh, peel the curtain back just a little bit. I know, obviously, you and Jameson run championship district wrestling and you guys are always uh so cool to come on our show and give us your time and i was telling jameson before you came on i wanted to just honestly thank you for letting me do some matches on the show and it was cool like i was i came in thinking i was going to do like two matches and then jameson was like you could do the suicide match and then you actually had two matches so i wanted doing four which you know i appreciate that man so um i, I so thanks for letting me be a part of the show 
hey, you know what? Thank you for being a part of our show. Uh, anybody that supports us, we have nothing but love for you guys. So me and Jamison are, are your fans all day long, as long as you're supporting CDW and helping us spread the message, which is we just want to do great pro wrestling and bring it to our city. No, yeah, I want to get a win on my own freaking yeah. show. <laughs> yeah, right. You need that too. Yeah, and I love that venue too. That, that's that's a great thing y'all got going uh, at District. Also, um, I'm being super sweet to you right now to make Jeremy extra jealous. Just like, <laughs> so that's the thing. Jeremy is a legitimate big fan, so I think you are kind of hurting his feelings today a little bit. But Jeremy is a freaking instigator I'm, too, so it's. I'm like showing up. I don't. It might be December. It might be January. I'm showing up and I'm helping my guy Jameson get revenge on whatever that guy's. He's not important right, enough for me to say his name. But I'm going to help get revenge. That's right. We got to take them all out, Jeremy, me and you. That's right. And all your assassins. <laughs> Guys, let everyone know where they can uh, where they can find the show at, how they can support the show, how they can keep up with you guys as well. Go ahead, Jason. Uh, at Post Malone on Instagram, at Post Malone JRY on Twitter, uh, Championship District Wrestling. It's uh, actually, I don't even remember the Instagram right now. Sheep, what's the Instagram? District underscore at wrestling. District underscore there wrestling. Big stuff right there. Uh, the YouTube is Championship District Wrestling, Facebook, Championship District Wrestling. Um, go to our YouTube, please subscribe. We're trying to monetize, make some extra money so we can keep bringing in big names for everybody. Um, we just got to get to a thousand. We're almost there. We're over 500. So keep subscribing. Make sure you be the first one to check out the shows. Jensen, thank you for coming to do commentary. Jeremy, welcome to BGU. Cheeky, go ahead. There it is. You can find me uh, on Instagram at Diamond Sheik, all one word. Sheik is spelled S H E I K. And you can also find me on Twitter at The Diamond Sheik. Um, I don't know if I have a YouTube. Do I have a YouTube? You, you know what? If you want to follow me on YouTube, go, go subscribe. So we can if you want to follow me on YouTube, follow Championship District Wrestling on YouTube. If you want to follow me on YouTube, go go subscribe right. to that. Like Jameson said. And a big shout out to uh, one of the sponsors next month, Black Magic Supply. Go buy their supplements if you want to get jacked like BGU. You're gonna use Black Magic Supply. Guys, Jeremy, you, you gotta get you gotta go hit the gym with Jameson a couple of times if you want to come into into the ring and help us out. Oh, I know. I'm. I, as I said, strength not oh, there. Man, good, man, good man, cardio. Man. Good cardio. Chasing kids around. Strength, no, not really there. I can pick up them, but they're they're light. They, they don't want to. Uh, Jeremy, use cardio. my discount code. Use my discount discount code Diamond Sheik on Black Magic Supply. All right, it'll give you no dollars off, but at least you'll get jacked. <laughs> that's right. All right, that's, 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 that's what, what matters. Discount. And that next month, make sure main event. Come check it out, District Atlanta, one p.m. We got QT Marshall and the Hall of Fame legendary Scissor King himself, Daddy Ass Billy Gunn, teaming up to take on CYN, Control Your Narratives, EC3, and Psycho Boy Fodder. That's going to be a main event you cannot miss. Guys, check out the links below. It's in the description. The YouTube is in the description below. The, the Twitter is in the description below. And, you know, Jameson, if you want us to throw the, the Black Magic thing in there, send me that info, and I'll put that in the, in awesome. the description so below as well. So check check all that out, guys. Thank you again to Jameson Ryan and Diamond Sheik. We appreciate you guys always coming on, talking about the shows. It was cool to have you on after one of the shows. We love previewing the shows, but now we got to talk about yeah, what just fun, happened. Man. We do this one again. Yes. Yeah, this uh, actually talk- works better because if the shows aren't live, this works better this way because then we can – I know what happened. We can talk about it and preview it, and then people can go watch it. Works out great. Yeah, love it.
I'm sure you'll see them next month and the month after because they're weekly or they can be weekly, monthly guests at this point because we appreciate them so much. We love having them on. Guys, thank you again for joining us. And we'll be right back here on the spotlight. Big thanks to Jameson Ryan and Diamond Sheik, who three-time guests on this program. Moses has been on three times, not with me, but has been on three times on this program. Two with myself, one with just Jensen. Uh, but Jameson Ryan, Diamond Sheik, three-time guest. Check him out, Championship District Wrestling. Go on the YouTube below. Check it out. Follow them on social media. Check out Black Magic Supplements over there. You get no, no, no discount from Diamond Sheik, but you will get jacked if you use the code Diamond Sheik. No money off, but you still get jacked. It's a pretty good deal, I think. Uh, Kai, what up, Kai? Get yourself a monster. I, I need a bunch of coffee right now. Taking the rest of the day off, just... Sean Ross Sapp doesn't work. This part-timer. I said I was going to be nice to him. I, I'm over that. I stole my scoop. Uh, so I'm going to part-time myself as well. Uh, guys, appreciate you joining us here this morning on the Spotlight. Covered a lot of ground in AEW, WWE, New Japan, Impact, and then some independent wrestling as well, as we do every week here on the show. Head over to Fightful Overbooked coming up in a matter of minutes. Actually, it might be on right now. I think it was set for 11.55. But right now on FightfulOverbooked.com, it is strong style with the great Cher Delaware and that other guy, Joel Pearl, as part of it as well, reviewing the gear from WWE Survivor Series. So if you're into fashion or if you just like Cher Delaware, go over there and support. Check out the show. Uh, I believe next week she will have her review of the fashion at AW Full Gear. So... Go over to Fightful Overbooked. Go check out Strong Style. Uh, also on Fightful Overbooked this week, we had a new episode of Tag Talk. Haley and Kylie talking all the tag team wrestling, coming out of War Games, coming out of Elite and Death Triangle. Uh, so go, go check out Tag Talk. Tuesday was FMC. If you enjoy non-wrestling content with myself and SP3 and also Share Delaware, this week we, we talked basketball. I buried the Lakers because they lost on a last-second shot uh, to the Pacers hours before we did our show um we talked the challenge we looked at who's dated who it's a website for people that don't know and we we did our our love doctor segment as well so just a lot of non-wrestling banter between us three that's a fun time uh tomorrow we have a new episode of coexisting with rob and maggie that'll be up on the the channel we have newsworthy on saturday and then tim and joel on sunday and new content coming every single week on Fightful Overbooked. Head over there, fightfuloverbooked.com. Support us, subscribe, leave thumbs up on videos, check out the content, support the creators who are doing the content as well, try to get different people involved. So thank you to everybody who who supports Fightful Overbooked and who contributes to Fightful Overbooked. Much appreciated. Thank you to everybody who supports this show. Thank you, Stephen Jensen, who contributes to this show. Uh, guys, we'll be back next week. Everyone check out Day After Dynamite at 3 o'clock. Here on this channel, youtube.com slash Fightful, Will Washington, and a guest will review Dynamite. I make my triumphant return today after Dynamite. After missing the last two weeks, I will be back. Uh, much to the chagrin of Will Washington, I am sure. But check out Day After Dynamite. Guys, again, thank you for all the support and everything. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you next Thursday here in the Spotlight. Everyone have a good Thursday.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.